Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, a place about games, friends, and getting better. We're happy that you're here. My name is Ben Hansen. I'm joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hello. I'm joined by a matter of fact, Jeff Marquiafava. Howdy. And Janet Garcia. Hello. Hello. Thank you for bringing positivity. Welcome, Janet. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we are here on this holiest of days, whatever day you're listening to this, to talk about what's going to happen in 2023. Nay, these aren't mere predictions. As always, these are matters of fact. We are declaring it to the universe that all of these predictions will come true. We each have five in the chamber and then... I lost my mind last night and I kept writing. So we have a bunch more bonus crap that we can go through if we want to. Uh, and then, oh, you should. It's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Almost like a manifesto about what's going to happen in 2023, but like fun. Uh, but then back half of the podcast, we have a bunch of a regular of manifesto. Great... I'm a fun manifesto. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we have a bunch of great community questions from people that submitted oh, some good stuff over there on Patreon. Um, we're going to talk about some games we've been playing, like during the community questions and stuff like that. Um, just first things first, uh, we have not played Fire Emblem Engage. If you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, why aren't these cowards sharing their full thoughts on Fire Emblem Engage, the new tactics RPG on Nintendo Switch launching this Friday, because uh, we don't have it. Um, Janet, you struck me, it, it, it stood out to me that like you seem especially interested in Fire Emblem Engage, though. Yeah. What's the deal with that? Are you a big Fire Emblem fan? No, I've never played a Fire Emblem game. So what is it? You like I... the red and blue hair? No, I, um, (laughs) how about you just keep asking me and I just keep saying no. Um, No, I just, uh, it's a thing that I do every year. I try to play like the hottest releases for the most part. Occasionally I will skip something if it's really, really out of my wheelhouse. Um, Or if there's like another game that I could easily get to in lieu of it. But it's like, like last year I tried Monster Hunter Rise when it was on Switch. Like I have my calendar of what's out. I have marked down every Friday of the year for when I stream, you know, with some exception of, scheduling conflicts and like so hey, 20th it. is friday what's out there it's only fire emblem engaged and technically monster hunter rise got ported to ps5 but it's not a new game that's just a port yeah what are so, you doing i like that that's I, what I'm I love that idea yeah. of going out of your comfort zone though at least trying all the big stuff you know i've been i've been somewhat interested in this one too because the only thing that i've read about it is that it's not as big on story and I it's know. mostly just all the tactics fighting and so that kind of makes me interested too yeah i read uh mike Mahardy's write-up on polygon and that was mm-hmm. seeing the review scores i'm like okay a lot of people saying it's not as good as three houses like okay so what's the point but then diving into the weeds is like wait a minute but it's less story focused focused and more just focused on the actual tactics like and now that I'm a tactics boy because it sparks a hope, I feel like I can tackle anything. So it's like maybe this is the That's first right. Fire Emblem that I really give a good go to. Maybe so we curious. should just all play it. Hey, if we do, we'll be talking about it next week. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about a lot more games that we've been playing. Winky Winky. So I'm looking forward to unpacking all that fun stuff. Um, okay. We have this crew specifically assembled for predictions for 2023. Because if you have a very good memory, you might just remember... Uh, that this was the exact crew that we assembled one year ago today uh, Ooh, to share. Today? Are you that specific? <laughs> no, I have no Maybe? idea. I don't, okay. Who knows? No, but no one's going to check. It's yeah, okay. what are they going to do? Google it. We dare you, you cowards. Uh, hey, get a load of this. You guys are wrong. <laughs> it was 360 days. Uh, but we assembled last year to give our exact predictions for what was 100% going to happen in 2022. Gotta say... 
<laughs> not our strongest year. Not oh, our strongest boy. year for predictions. Um, so we have some clips that we can play uh, the audio from just to I'm take so us, scared. yeah, walk us down memory lane. Here's your little and clue. To be clear, there are clips of you as well, right, Ben? You didn't like. Uh, I'm in some of these. <laughs> I'm in some of these. Okay. Uh, look, I'll, I'm not. I'm not shying away from what I got wrong. I will share okay, okay. everything. I rounded it all up. Uh, so just a little audio cue. If there's old timey piano music playing. That's us from one year ago today. So don't be confused. Back when... Yeah, I don't know why we didn't turn that off before we recorded. Well, you remember 2022 in January, everyone's like, ragtime, ragtime. It's great for SEO. And so... (laughs) It was like that swing resurgence in the 90s. It just won't go away. Uh, Okay, so here's, here's here's a layup. Here we go. This is the first or a prediction that we made. I think we're. I was asking you, Janet, about over under on Elden Ring. Is it going to be? Is it going to meet expectations? Go over or under? So here we go. Oh boy, Janet Elden Ring. I guess over. I feel like yeah. equal is just so such a cop out answer, but it probably it would is. be more equal than over. Everyone thinks that game is going to be amazing, and it probably is. So. <sighs> yeah, I think it's going to be over. I think it's going to be game of the year 2022. I bet it's not even going to be close for the discussion. Brilliant. It was Janet. Now you the year you artificially. <laughs> you artificially tried to make it close, Hanson, so at least there's <laughs> it that. for something, right? Uh, yeah. Do you want more audio clips of us being uh, spot on about stuff, or should Absolutely. we run down some? Okay, let's do all these. Let's see. Uh, Kyle I, here. I, oh, did, yeah. I did not look up any of my predictions yeah, when know. I was writing this no. year's predictions, yeah. which has the double-edged sword of, like, how many did I just regurgitate, thinking, like, Oh, I'm very smart. This well, is this a good is the prediction. year. Oh, that you it are. Yeah, you do that all the time, including this clip that I'll play from last year, where it's something that you've said. <laughs> I, I think know. for every predictions episode, and then you forget that you I say. I think I know it. exactly what so it is. Here and it I is. left it out this year. Good. I still feel like we're going to have AI created content. <laughs> what is this? Either in terms of art that has been generated and added into a game, or like text dialogue. Solid. You'll you'll have like a deck builder, but like the cards will have been AI generated art or like the enemies or things like that. I, I feel like this is the year that I should be saying that too, because I think, I think it's like catching up, but um, I think I didn't, basically, I didn't make that prediction. this. Year. I mean, the deck builder thing, I didn't see it. Maybe it existed, but I feel like the amount of people talked about AI generated art and stuff this year, that feels close enough. And specifically is like, it seemed like the biggest talker was, uh, what not drawn to death? No, high on life. What did <laughs> I get those two confused? But <laughs> high on life had like the AI generated posters and stuff. That was the big hullabaloo. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's definitely now the biggest talker from that game. Definitely the I thing that, that. that most people are talking about related to high on life. Yeah. Like there's no other sort of topics, uh-huh. Uh-huh. sort of tangentially mm-hmm. related that are coming up a lot. Yeah, I, uh, I was on vacation all of last week and wasn't on Twitter the entire week. Um, but I saw like in Slack, I saw or in Discord, I saw that pop up with the Justin Roiland accusations and all this stuff. It's like, oh boy. I am so glad I'm not seeing Twitter just explode right now. Uh, but yeah, uh, rough go. Um, uh, Jeff, I, mean, I think you come off very smart with that clip. I think you I, do. I think, I think, I you, think do. you I think you nailed it. And you're ahead of your time, but for I'll like in a in a weird like toxic way. But not like yeah. you're not being toxic. You're just like I see the writing on the walls. Yeah, that's one yeah. of my predictions. Is some people and some things will be toxic in 2023. So please look forward to that. Oh, that's one. a good one. Something okay. toxic is gonna happen. <laughs> I feel it in my bones. Uh, speaking of cowards, um, here's one from Kyle Hilliard. He also had this prediction for 2021, I believe, okay. and then bumped it in saying 2022. But here's Kyle from last year. I did write down again this year without remembering that I had said it last year. But guys, this is the year. Cyberpunk is going to come back in a big way. 
a bunch of people are going to play it. They're going to be like, oh my God, this is a masterpiece, especially now that it works. How do you feel about that, Kyle? I should have predicted that obviously an animated television show based <laughs> on the popular video game Cyberpunk would give it a resurgence. But I think I think this year was the, the its resurgence. You know what I mean? I guess it's getting DLC soon, which might bring yeah. people back as well. Yeah. But. Yeah. You said it was like based on the game's going to be fully fixed and stuff. And yeah, they've done a, a decent job from what I can see from other people talking I, about it. I have it, no though. qualms recommending that game to anybody yeah, at yeah. this point. Yeah. Yeah. I wish you would have said, yeah, it was because of Netflix rather than actual game quality <laughs> itself that have a resurgence. But you know what? You finally got a Kyle. You were kind of right. Um, uh, let me delete that from uh, this. <laughs> Smart. Uh, here are all of our other predictions, which were slightly less right. Um, Microsoft, says Jeff Marchiafava in 2022, will add Ubisoft to Game Pass or just buy Ubisoft. Uh, not quite. They added some yeah. things from Ubisoft on Game Pass, but not quite. Uh, yeah. Jeff um, had this one a little soft. He says, not one meaningful step towards metaverse from anybody. <laughs> Which, yes, 100%. Sure, sure, I guess you're right there. I could do that one every year for the next 100 years. Yep, okay, I'll give you a ding in that one, a positive ding. Um, Jeffum said they're going to expand the quote-unquote screwing around mode in Fortnite. I don't uh, even know what that means. So... That, was, that must have been my fifth prediction because I always <laughs> run out of steam after like well, first four. It's funny because like, they actually took away elements of screwing around. You know, they simplified it, actually. So, Like with the zero build thing? You've lost all your clout from the AI prediction. I guess create it, creative mode, right? Is that maybe Well, that was already in there. You're saying they're going to make like a new one or something, which, yeah, not as great. Also, Jeff, um, this is this is some yellow-bellied predictions here. You said Spartacus, otherwise known as the PS Plus expansion, uh, isn't going to be as good as Game Pass. Okay. All right. Sure. You were, yeah. I guess, correct. It was um, called Spartacus? Was that like a code name? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Which sure. is weird because it's very like Xboxy sounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like remember, was it Orpheus? Was it PSVR? I think was Orpheus. Uh, okay, uh, my, did I did I not say that Google Stadia was gonna implode? I feel like I do that one every year. And, maybe like, that I was missed 20, the year. Yeah, did maybe I miss the year? it wasn't last year. Maybe it was the year before, but you missed it, Blue. <laughs> uh, my predictions. Oh, these are these are solid. Remember when these all happened? I guess that EA would make a play for the metaverse and just make a game called "quote unquote" Sim. That would combine everything. Fun, specific prediction did not happen. Um, I predicted there'd be a big brand crossover game. Not like a multiverses, but specifically like McDonald's versus Burger King versus Taco Bell. Like it'd be that type of thing. Splatfest? Oh, I'll, I'll count it. I, turns out I'm correct. Um, I guess that they'd announce a Star Wars platform fighter like Smash. That did not happen. I guess that Shuhei Yoshida uh, was going to leave PlayStation. And uh, my apologies, that did not happen. Uh, I guess that Embracer is going to buy Jackbox. I guess that they were going to remaster Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis to sync up with Indy 5, which did not happen. We all played. Sync up with the Deepest Dive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Deepest Dive, I don't know if that quite counts as a remaster. Just us playing it kind of brought it back to life in a certain way. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe this year they'd still do that. Um, I predicted that Amy Hennig uh, was working on a Fantastic Four Marvel game. I made a whole YouTube video about it. Very wrong. Very wrong on that. She's making that Black Panther Marvel Captain America. Game, but well, that had already that been announced. Known? That was announced. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was stupid of me. Um, I guess that Hideo Kojima would announce his new game, and it would be about animals. So <laughs> that was that was not right. Was there a single was. animal in the Death Stranding 2 trailer? Kyle, you better Excuse believe me, I went back and scrubbed through that video at half speed on YouTube, <laughs> and there's not a single... Although, babies, Jeez. babies technically animals. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if there were animals in the 
in the base game. I think in the introductory cutscene with you driving, I think there's some birds, but that's about it. Mm. Yeah. Isn't there like a whale somewhere made of goo yeah. or something? Oh, <laughs> that sounds right. Wait, no, that's, am I thinking of the flaming whale in Metal Gear Solid 5? Anyways, uh, Kyle, your predictions were Nintendo will release uh, new hardware, but it's not going to be the Switch successor, which I don't think there was anything. Yeah. Uh, you guessed that, that Fortnite one. will cross over with a television sitcom. Which does oh my god! Which does not count unless you count Dragon Ball Z as a sitcom, which in its own yeah. way, Super's basically just a sitcom at this yeah. point. Geralt from the Witcher TV show sitcom that we that all know. That is my favorite. I still I do like that prediction. I feel like it will happen someday. Yep. we'll get Seinfeld in Fortnite or something. Yep. You know, uh, you, uh, you predicted that Earthbound is going to be released on Switch, which it was through the Nintendo Switch Online thing. So congratulations! You didn't, uh, re- you didn't pull that recording to put some not interested um let's see you predicted that shinmu 4 will be teased you were wrong there cyberpunk yeah. will be redeemed um and then we ooh. did we did get a new um I, his name is slipping my mind the shinmu creator why can't it Yu Suzuki. Suzuki. we got a new Yu Suzuki game which was a surprise that's true maybe i'm if, the only one that played it did you see credits did you see if there's a shinmu 4 teaser after the end of that there's nothing no teaser i saw credits so damn it um, let's see. We went through a bunch of games that were releasing in 2022 and tried to guess if they would underperform or overperform. Kyle, you and I both were adamant that Saints Row was going to overperform expectations. <laughs> uh, Janet, you predicted that God of War Ragnarok would not release in 2022, that it would get delayed. But in, in your defense, I was fully on board with you. And I also, I said that, yeah, Starfield, Zelda, and Ragnarok would not release in 2022. So... Good job, dude. For a long time, it was really not looking like that game was going to come I know. Out, yep. I defense. was skeptical, too. Um, you predicted NFTs in Fortnite. It did not happen. You predicted that uh, Apple would announce their VR headset, um, which had already been rumored at that point, and we're still kind of in like the second phase of Apple rumors, where it seems like 2023, they're going to actually unveil that thing, and it's going to be... Do you see this, Kyle? Do you see these rumors? Well, it is officially coming, though, right? It's not a rumor at this point. I don't think Apple's confirmed it. No, I think it's just been there's multiple rounds of, like, pretty solid reporting that Apple's doing this and it's going to cost a fortune. Don't expect to buy one, but they're doing it. Um, You predicted, Janet, that Spartacus, or the PS Plus overhaul, would be good. Um, So I don't know how you're feeling about that. No, it's not good. Yeah, and this one was a little soft, a little predictable, but it's in there. Janet, you predicted that the Steam Deck would be a hit, but impossible to get. So, yeah, not bad. Um, let's see. It looks like Jeffum and Kyle got two right each, but they're both pretty weak. So I guess you two are the winners from uh, last year. So congratulations. Way to go. Uh, but this I, I will year, say, we, I like to make fun of you, Ben, but I do like your bold, specific predictions. I think they're more fun. one year it's going to pay off in a big way and it's gonna you're going to look like a genius. Right. Did you see, by the way, I just tweeted it. Somebody left a comment on YouTube, but we had an episode of the podcast from March of 2020. Great time. We all remember. Um, and Matt Helgeson was on it. And it was just when they announced the Last of Us HBO show. And we're talking about who could play Ellie. And Helgeson's like, I bet it's going to be that Bella Ramsey girl from Game of Thrones. Like a little girl. Like he got really? it exactly right. It's pretty good. Yeah. Nice. Uh, all right. Predictions for 2023. We each have five facts that will be coming down the pike. Right your way for this year. Um, Jeff, you seem like the most confident man on the block. Do you want to <laughs> kick this off? Uh, yeah. Minor, minor ranked from uh, most cowardly to most bold. So okay, we'll, all right, mm. and that's that's also the order when I started running out and stopped caring about coming up. How dare you? So, um, my first one is: Hey, we're gonna see more purchases, more studio purchases, but not 
I think I think Microsoft's out of it, and it's going to be all speculative based from like Embracer or another company that you've never heard of that's worth a trillion dollars. Speculative somehow. based. The, what does that mean? Yeah, like like they're buying up studios in order to just someday sell to another larger hegemony that's worth more money. I, this is nonsense. Saying there's going to be big acquisitions from somebody other than Microsoft, that's the most cowardly prediction I've ever heard in my life. And it also includes uh, Ubisoft and Square Enix. In oh! There. Same company's going to buy both uh, of them. This kitty's got claws. Look at that. Wow, oh, oh, way to go, man. Um, mine... Um, it's getting specific. <laughs> I hate for all these just to be acquisitions, but there's such at this point, it's just it's easy money. Um, I am shocked that nobody's bought a Sobo yet, like the team behind Plague Tale Requiem and also Microsoft mm. Flight Simulator. So I'm gonna go with Microsoft wants to buy them because they have more of a connection with that studio, but because of the heat from Activision, like they're probably not making any purchases until that whole thing goes through. So I'm gonna guess yeah. Sony sweeps in, swoops in, I should say, and Sony will buy a Sobo, the developers of Plague Tale Requiem. That I mean, is just as cowardly as mine, but you what? picked a smaller like, I said specifically studio. Sony will buy a Sobo. That's different from some company will buy another company. <laughs> okay. Uh, I said, I said, but I said it would be a company you've never heard of. So never that's heard like of. even more specific. No, no, maybe we, look, sure, I it's know. something. Look, I think they both sucked. Can we, can we agree yeah. that they both suck? Yeah. Kyle, can you hit us with one on. good one that doesn't have anything yeah. to do with acquisitions or something? Sure. Uh, Hey, future Kyle. Hope you're doing good in 2024. I'm sorry you didn't get to play new Switch hardware last year. I know you really wanted to, but you didn't get new Switch hardware and you're still bummed about it. Sorry that happened to you. So your prediction and that, is... And that'll be, that'll be good on the re-listen in a year. I don't... Does, would anybody predict that there is going to be new Switch hardware this year? Oh, a lot of people I think would predict. Anybody, Maybe nobody here. Okay, because we're smart. I don't, I don't think it's happening. I would be yeah. stunned. I wanted to, to be clear. I'd love to play Tears of the Kingdom on a, a new Switch. But I, I would do anything for that. Uh, Janet, what do you got? On that note, I'm going to say Tears of the Kingdom has some performance issues. Like, okay. It gets all mentioned right, in, like, reviews. Should, all right, go hang out with Jeffum in Coward Town. Oh, don't... <laughs> okay. Come on. Of course. No, I, I do think... I think it's going to be the main ding against that game, for sure. Do you think it's going to be worse than, like, Breath of the Wild? Breath of the Wild wasn't bad, but it was noticeable in spots. Mm, I think it'll be... I think it'll be on par. Um, it's tough to know because I'm not sure what challenges they're facing in terms of like what they're demanding out of the so like in relation to software and hardware, like how much more um, strenuous, yeah. if at all more strenuous this game is than Breath of the Wild was. But yeah, I also think people are really interested in how well it will perform. So I think that'll be more of a talking point, even yeah. if it ends up not having many performance issues. Like, it's going to be highlighted at a much larger degree than it would have been um, back when, like, the Switch first launched. Yeah, we might as well just make the it YouTube video now. it runs as well as Breath of the Wild, people will consider that uh, a negative. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, but it also... I, think it, I think that'd be like, oh, maybe. I don't know. It's interesting because I feel like people... I didn't see a lot of conversations around its performance issues, even though they were, they were pretty notable to me but i don't know I, I, they were there and i think it's just getting longer and longer we talked about it on party chat this week our bonus podcast but yeah i think it's that challenge of like okay if it is a seamless world and you're jumping from the sky this whole other sky world like if they're adding that much more landmass and just navigable area to explore and there isn't a performance dip i think that'll be seen as a success but who knows uh jeff i'm all right getting braver what do we got 
Um, well, not that brave though, because again, I got like it. I got it. Power leading it. Bolt. All We're right. E three. Uh, e- the ESA is either going to cancel E three this year, or it's going to be so bad that everyone's going to be like, "This is it. This is the last year. It's dead after this." Ooh. And it will be decisive by the end of it. Bold. People, the headlines are all going to be E three DOA. And like not it. not the old fighting game because like PlayStation's not <laughs> showing up. Parentheses. <laughs> yep. n- note: A new Dead or Alive has not been announced. Yes. Asterix up there. What's gonna What's gonna hurt it? Just no publishers on board. Everybody's still just kind of getting in bed with yeah, Keeley a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at like the major publishers aren't going to be there, and anyone who's going to be doing stuff during the summer will just do it with Keeley instead. I think. Yep. Yep. All right. I like it. I think that's I think that's solid. Um, here's a specific one. GTA 5 releasing on phones and Nintendo Switch. Oh, pod version? Or mm. for real? I'll include audio of me predicting both so I can use it next year. Absolutely <laughs> cloud-based, though. Oh, no, this is going to be running natively on Switch. Poorly, but technically running there. But I think especially... I, I, I think it would be natively. It, it, it might that be able to do it. version, you know? Yeah, I'm curious to see what it'd be like. Um, but especially with you know Take Two buying Zynga, that deal going through and stuff, like they want to make a push to phones, and it's like instead of making something new, that seems like the first big test they could have, and also they could make four gazillion dollars. So, all right, that's mine. Uh, Kyle, uh, Half Life Alex coming to PlayStation VR two by the end of the year. Yeah, right. more, more, a want more yeah. than uh, you know I. I don't want to asterisk all my predictions, but like, you know, if I, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd put like 70, but uh, 60, yeah, 40, 30, 30 percent. <laughs> but I want to play it there. It'd, it'd be weird. But also 100 percent because all these are coming true. Right. Yeah. Right. So, You're right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Janet. Um, I'm going to go with PlayStation drops a disappointing multiplayer game. Like there's that big big push towards. I don't know which game that would be. All like I'm not saying that's. <laughs> that's oh, not you PlayStation. Know, honestly. Well, I was thinking a little bit more like uh, online multiplayer because yeah. Cra- I mean, Crash has online functionality. I'm kind of thinking of more of their push towards the games of a, as a service, online multiplayer mm. like initiative. I think they're going to have a drop like that and that no one's going to care about it. Yeah. So uh, kind of going back TV to Destruction, Destruction All-Stars Part 2. Do you think yeah. it'll be Last of Us Factions? Do you think that is going to be one that's going to not do as well as they want? No, I think that'll be really popular. Okay. Um I just don't know when that's coming out. Yeah. So I don't have a prediction on that. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jeff. Don't clip me out, please. Okay. I won't. Everyone's safe. There's no chance I'm going to clip out audio of everybody being stupid. Uh, okay, Jeff, <laughs> what do you got? Uh, did you do one? Did I? I think so. Did I miss one? Yeah, GTA 5 on phones. Yeah, I did one. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Um, this one I don't. I don't feel good about, but I'll try and I'll gussy it up on the fly here. Um, every single triple A game is going to underperform this year. <laughs> what? Economic? That's a lot. That's a broad brush. <laughs> uh, critically, I think everything's Ooh. everything's just going to fall okay. under under like e- even even the games like Spider Man Two and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. People are going to be like. Yeah, it's it's good. It's it's gonna get like the Horizon treatment that Horizon got last year of like, uh-huh. yeah, it's it's good, but it's just like, you know, not not making a big 
splash in the bucket. So every AAA game gets banished to the Forbidden West and kind of meets that same fate. That's your prediction? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like I, that. Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, I think Tears of the Even Kingdom Tears is the, the one that's is going to break that, but yeah. uh, I'll go bold. It's possible. That's, People, as, that's as bold as I can go. No, I like it. Um, let's see. Here's one. Um, Chrono Trigger HD2D remake. Chrono Trigger is going to get the Live Alive treatment. Yes, please. Um, yeah, I mean, the game's co-director um, worked on Live Alive. If that team wrapped up that project, which... I don't know if it was tearing up sales charts, but I think they'd want to keep that talent together. And it's like, okay, what is the most obvious thing we can move on to next that would make a boatload of money? I think the Chrono Trigger HD 2D version would be it. Um, there's So that before 6, Final Fantasy 6. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because yeah. they just did that pixel remaster of 6 and they're slowly trickling that out on stuff. But I think the thing that makes it tricky is like paying for the Akira Toriyama art they'll probably have to do over again. And that licensing I've heard is quite a mess. Um, so I, I have faith that they can make it happen and I'd like to see it. You know, I think, I think they'd be a, a cool way to see Chrono Trigger again. All right, Kyle, what do you got, ma'am? Uh, uh, Starfield does not make it out this year. Starfield. Wow. I think I have to try to eat my, but or something if that happens is that what we decided <laughs> uh well i shouldn't be i shouldn't be correcting you as if zelda gets delayed um but i'm sorry yeah if it's if any... zelda wait if zelda gets delayed i have to try to eat my own butt right correct okay. those are the, those are the rules <laughs> all right but you can lump starfield really in there too if you want. Show we got going on here <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> we're the smart gaming podcast uh Janet, kind of like the elementary school lunch table of uh game podcasts <laughs> <laughs> but we think we're so smart as you can see from these 100 correction correct predictions uh what do you got janet uh mine's kind of also in that starfield triple a vein i think it's a great game but it's not the 90 plus game that xbox needs it to be i think this is going to come in at like an 82 84 yep. at best like yep. people yep. are going to like it but it's not going to i think they're still going to be waiting for that re- that big relief moment of what is xbox's marquee experience yep 100 w- yeah will it's will it's general uh, critical reception be better or worse than Pentiment? You know, <laughs> I Pentiment. I bet it will score better. What did Pentiment get? That's a great question. Got a lot of nine. I think a couple tens even. I think Pentiment. What's um, the Metacritic, Metacritic on that? Yeah, if you could pull it up then. Um, I think it would be under. And I think even if they had the same score, I think Pentiment was inherently more exciting because it's like, hey, this game we weren't really like aware of and didn't think about. It's really good. And this is more like the game that everyone needs to be really good is. It's good. <laughs> it's good, and it'll sell a gazillion copies. Um, yeah, 86 from Pentiment. I don't think Starfield's going to okay. be an 86. No, I think it's going to come at 84, 82 at best. Yep. Uh, all right, Jeff, what do you got? Oh, what do I got? Uh, the Steam Deck is going to get a new competitor from a console maker. It's a terrible prediction because I don't think either Sony or <laughs> Microsoft is going to want to do it, but I'm going to predict that one of them is going to do it. Okay. I mean, the Steam Deck is doing so good and the Switch has done good for so many years. Sure. It seems like a slam dunk. Like, hey, let's let's do it. Let's do a new Vita or let's do yeah. a because we'll, we'll just pretend the re- all the history of our handhelds didn't happen and we'll try it again because now now the world is ready. I think they already have VR too, so they're doing that and like yeah. that's a lot. Yeah, I know. That's why it doesn't, that's why <laughs> it's not a good prediction. prediction. It's not going to happen. But I mean, I, I would love yeah. for that to happen. And like the yeah. thing with Microsoft too, like 
it'd be so cool to have like a little handheld, like an Xbox handheld, but I feel a like little, that's their push with cloud gaming. Yeah, that's, that's it. my yeah, only like, a little it. Game Pass machine. Yeah. Yeah. I there mean, it's already there what the it. thing is, except it's a large uh, speaker shaped box. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see. Back to Acquisition Town, everybody's favorite place to hang out. Um, I'm going to go with NetEase will buy Ubisoft this year. Uh, you know, big stories recently popping about just kind of so many Ubisoft games underperforming. They're canceling stuff. It feels like Ubisoft is a ripe target for acquisition. Um, so I'm going to yeah. go with NetEase. We'll swoop in there and grab it. NetEase. What's who like? What's what's who's NetEase? What are they like? What's their main thing? Uh, it's mobile stuff, right? Uh, yeah, they funded. Well, they're funding that Bungie game, which was supposed to be right. new IP, but then it that changed. But also, they've been buying a lot of talent from. Um, well, they uh, acquired Quantic Dream last year, uh, and right. then they've been acquiring a ton of talent from like Sega, like the Yakuza leads went, and they're forming a new studio under NetEase and stuff. So it seems like they're shifting into gaming in a bigger and bigger way here. So. They could make a whole AAA splash by just gobbling up Ubisoft. Uh, okay, what else we got? Kyle, you got some more? Uh, the PlayStation 5 hardware, it's not a new console, but it will be redesigned to be a little smaller mm. by the end of the year. There'll okay. be like a new model because now they're, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but my understanding is like they are pretty easy to find now. You can you can basically walk into a store and find one. Maybe you might have to go to two local stores. But I don't um, know if that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, like maybe I'm wrong. But um, but I I mean, again, it's one of those things I would I like. I still I move my PlayStation Five around my house a lot to different TVs, and every time I pick that thing up, I'm like, it's no good. I don't like this design. <laughs> it is a silly thing. I don't think we is should be fins? as used to it as we are. It's the fins. It's like it's the fins. It's also like if I want to like move it, if I want to put it horizontally somewhere, I have to grab a second like little chunk of plastic to like put it on top of. <laughs> I don't. Not a fan. Yeah. Why are you putting horizontal I, I, anywhere? I plugged my PS5 controller into charge yesterday and put it on top of the PS5 and it just slid right off. Yep. It's <laughs> yep. perfect. That's the design. That's it. Uh, remember that beat from a while ago where, um, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Head of Worldwide Studios. Herman Who said, like, you'll come around on it, right? No, no, no. Herman Hulse, that he did some video or some interview and in the background he had his PlayStation 5 horizontal, but it was upside down. <laughs> He's like the head of oh Worldwide Studios. Oh my God, Studios. that's so rough. Uh, that Someone got in a lot of trouble for that. Probably. Uh, all right, Janet, you got a good one? Uh, yeah, I got um, me opening my notes app. I have new mainline Mario game announced. Good, good. And Figured, you know, we got the movie. Yep. We have the one ride at Hollywood. Now's the time. We're buying $18 buckets of popcorn because they come out of Toad's head and mm -hmm. we're hungry for more. So tied into the movie or just happily syncing up roughly? I think just hap happily, very roughly syncing up. I don't necessarily think it's tied to the movie. I mean, I'm not predicting that it isn't, but I just think it'll be a new mainline Mario okay. game. All right. Not bad. Uh, Jeff, um, this is this is it, man. This is your good one, right? This is the one. This is the one. Yes. Uh, Legend of Zelda. Tears of the Kingdom. The tears will be coming out of all of our faces when Link dies at the end. Ooh. Because he's been poisoned the entire game. He's yes. going to get poisoned yes. in the beginning yes. with his little poison hand, and it's going to be eating away at him the entire game, and then he's going to sacrifice himself at the end, and he's going to die, and he's going to stay dead forever, and they're never going to make another Zelda game. And can you go back Not and play cool. your endgame save, or it's all just... 
No, it it erases the game oh from your God. account. It, no. it, it flashes so your entire hard drive on the Switch. No more games ever. And Miyamoto well, goes to jail? Just comes out of the vents. Oh my God. Yep. This sounds brutal. <laughs> it's a Mission Impossible scenario. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Good. That's good. That's good. Also impossible that it's going to happen, but I like it. It's bold. Yeah, I love it. I love yeah, it. That's right. Uh, another boring acquisition one. I'm going to go with Disney buys EA. You know, Bob Iger mm. returning to Disney. He wants to make a big move. He's famous for buying up uh, Marvel and it, oh Star Wars, I guess. And he wants to kind of declare his kingdom once again and it seems like I don't know metaverse and they'll just grab all of EA because they already have you know they're making so many Marvel games now for them I think they're just going to lock down that relationship as a way for Bob Iger what's that Kyle? Star Wars as well like they're making a lot of Star Wars games yep exactly yep that'll be my prediction Uh, Kyle you got one more? yeah this is my last one Um, last year I guess it was like October we got that big Silent Hill information drop you know nothing to play in 2022 but hey silent hill's coming back right i think we're gonna get that for metal gear solid uh this year Mm. um you know maybe toward the end of the year konami has some kind of comparable stream where they show a bunch of metal gear stuff and it's gonna be like a lot of figures and that kind of thing and i think the big like the big thing is gonna be a remake of metal gear solid 3 yeah which Um, to be fair is rumored at this point rumored yeah Yeah. um and uh kojima won't be involved even though i would love for him to be I, he just won't they won't mention him. will he tweet about it um no no wow okay all right janet last one biggest best 100 uh, oh. gonna happen all right well oh well, gonna happen yeah yeah this i feel most confident in there's gonna be more anime crossovers in fortnite and if i had to predict what they would be i would say it's gonna be sailor moon and or attack on titan okay attack on titan hasn't happened yet that's just a call of duty I thing i think so I think it's just yeah. Attack on Titan truly comes to an end in March. Ooh, okay. Which they, I, I, in two I, parts. I, I like I like Attack on Titan, and I've actually been like waiting for it to just be complete so I can watch the last season. Yeah. And every couple of months, they're like, final season part one, final season part two, final season part two part one. <laughs> it's like, guys, yeah. come on, let's wrap it up. But yeah, Attack on Titan would fit in Fortnite really well. That would yeah. be cool. Uh, would I have, you have the giant people walking around? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. I, would I hope so. Um, I have some lingering ones, so I can just wrap it through them. That if any of them are right, they'll count as a point for me. Um, well, here, let's throw on the back of Janet's real quick uh, Chainsaw yeah. Man and Demon Slayer. Ooh, okay. yeah. Fortnite as well. All right. I like that. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with um, the Dead Cells DLC, the Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. It will be on people's goatee lists. It'll be that good. That's a weird specific one. Um, Compulsion Games, developers of We Happy Few, they'll announce their next game this summer. It will be political and will be one of the summer's biggest talkers. What does that mean? <laughs> Just, you know, political. <laughs> you know, like how politics shouldn't be in games, like, Janet? Are it's they going like to be that. like, we're making a political statement? Or do you think it'll be, um, what's the PG way to say, like, I don't know. Um, Stirring the pot. Up itself would be the... Oh, interesting. <laughs> you know? Um, maybe, like maybe a little bit that more just hitting some hot button issues. I think hot, hot discussions will be coming out of that thing. That's, that's, we don't need to focus on this. It won't happen, Janet. Um, I'm going to okay. guess a Thank Star God. Wars, <laughs> Star Wars Eclipse will be canceled. Um, game pass price increase, which, uh, oh yes, Kyle. Star Wars Eclipse. Is that the Quantic Dream? That is, one? that is the Quantic Dream. You one. think it'll be canceled? It'll be canceled this year. That's my prediction. 
Um, okay. Going with yeah, Game I Pass price increase. I think that's going to happen regardless of anybody's uh, wishes and desires. Um, My prediction is that next year Ben will look back on this and say that he won because he got like two yeah. points out of the, the next like three yeah. things. That oh, that's says. exactly what's going on here. Janet. And I'm not going to clip out this part either. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to announce monster. I'm going to announce Someone right has here. To stop. He can't give it away <laughs> with this. 2023, uh, the Elden Ring TV series will be announced. They've already kind of teased that they want to do it, but that'll be announced 2023. Um, I'm going to go with the sequel to Immortals Phoenix Rising will be announced 2023, which I think Jeff Grubb already detailed that it's going to be like Polynesia. Um, it will be announced and it... Well, that's rumored that, that there mm-hmm. is a sequel? Yep. Wow, okay. Yep. It's going to cool. be announced. I like I, that game. I'm just, I didn't think it really made a, a splash, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, unless it, it was one of those untitled, canceled Ubisoft games that was just announced. It could have been in that mix, but my prediction is that it'll be announced and it will rule. Quote, unquote, rule. Uh, I'm going to guess that 4A Games announces the next Metro game, reveals it during the summer, and it is the new high watermark for visuals in gaming. It's going to be that good. When we talk about like the best-looking games of generation, it's going to be like, well, the new Metro game is going to be default. Um, Pikmin 4 will have Nintendo crossovers in it. Like, you're going to be going around, they're going to try and get you all excited for that thing by like you're picking up a corpse of Yoshi some nonsense and hauling him around the, the backyard um, or just like so. okay okay uh, also Netflix will continue to thrash around and they will shift away from games despite wow. buying all these studios this year that quickly okay what, were they are they going to something else or just there's Cut out the games like VHS games tapes. Canceled. VHS tapes. Um, I'm locking it oh, in right you, now. Oh, you mean like their mobile push? Yeah. Okay, for some reason I thought you meant like adaptations of game properties. Oh, no, no. I think well, that's like, ah, I think that's going to keep going. But I see what, yes, I I that's yeah. As much as I actually genuinely admire what Netflix is doing in that mobile space and like bringing very cool games to its platform, like I just I don't think it's bringing in new subscribers, you no. know. I think they're going to release Oxenfree 2 and it's like, "Hey, we like that studio. We like that first game." And it's not going to move any needles and they'll be like, "Okay, maybe not." Um Okay, this is a segment that we had last year, and it's called Studios Ready to Pop. Uh, these are the studios that are, th- I think, are the biggest mysteries for the industry. Let me know in the comments, or you all, if there's anything else that stands out for biggies that have just been completely quiet. Um, Kyle, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is number one gen design Ueda's next game for just biggest mystery of what the hell is going on over there? The fact that when you introduce this by making a popping noise in your mouth right. and in my head, I was like, oh, what is the studio? I'm like most curious. Gen Design was the one that came to mind. I know it's kind of the they artsy choice. They teased a little tiny bit, which but wasn't even like, you can't even assume that whatever they teased is going to be the game yeah. or whatever it is, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, next on my list, Netherrealm. It is Bananas that we haven't heard what they're doing next. And I think a lot of it's probably, uh, who knows? But I have to imagine some of it's like the Warner Brothers kind of corporate shakeup, so they don't know exactly where they're going to land or exactly what's happening there, but probably... And the last big thing was Mortal Kombat DLC. The Aftermath, right? which was kind of, is like an expansion more than DLC. Like, it was, it was right. big, but that was 2019. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Coalition. I, it seems like probably open world gears, but we don't really know. They made that Matrix demo. That was cool. Uh, but outside of that, I don't know what the hell's going on over there. Do we all think Gear 6 open world is going to be as simple as that? I don't think it'll be as simple as that. I think Gear 6, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if the selling point is open world because Gears 5 was pretty dang open. Right. 
and it wasn't really like a big it wasn't that when people walk away from gears five they're not like in that open world you know yeah. they were like oh yeah there was an open world wasn't there <laughs> yeah uh sony bend days gone developers um they're working on something new over there something open world i believe they've posted about um oh i hope it's not that multiplayer game i said it was gonna be bad <laughs> who knows who knows i could still that i could see that being like still a few years away even if but days gone was 2018 i think so and their, their leadership departed what like a year year or two ago now yeah maybe point, maybe so two yeah. years yeah it's all over the place okay. um and i just noticed like another big designer over there just left and went to sucker punch as well so interesting to see like what who's in charge over there at this point um giant sparrow was 2019 2019 thank you uh giant sparrow uh what remains of edith finch we don't know what they're working on that's a, that's a big mystery for me uh house house developers of untitled goose game the game that won game of the year at GDC years and years and years ago. Uh, nothing. Uh, curious to see about that one. This is smaller, but notable. Enhanced games, like the Tetris Effect folks, we don't know what they're doing. Presumably something for PSVR too, but the fact that it's radio silence is bizarre at this point. Um, the developers of Overcooked, Ghost Town Games, we don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They haven't done anything since Overcooked 2, I don't think. Give me Overcooked 3. I, we can now, Overcooked 3. I don't know. What we could do besides toss the food. That was like a revolution in itself. So I'm not huge. sure what else. Like, how how can you go to higher heights? It's hard to conceptualize. That's true. Uh, the Wreckfest developers, Bugbear. I don't think we know what they're doing yet. You know, uh, not on the tip of everybody's tongue, Bugbear, but we'd like to know. Um, okay, now it's time for a segment um, called Rapid Fire Predictions. Can we use the words Rapid Fire, Kyle, or is that copywritten? I'll allow it. Okay, yeah. thank you. Um, okay, Kyle, Monster Hunter World successor. Will it release in 2023? Okay, what are we like cat like Capcom like a game called Monster Hunter? Well, the the follow-up to Monster Hunter World. Uh no, no. Okay. Janet, uh Team Asobi, the Astrobot people. <clears throat> Will they release a platformer this year? No. Okay. Jeff. Does an Astrobot for PSVR2 port count? No, it does not. No. And okay. I'm insulted that you'd even ask. Jeff Marquefava, will Assassin's yeah. Creed Mirage make the two tens? Oh, great question. Will it come out? Yes. Um God. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Lower 10. Lower 10. I'll say lower 10. Okay. Lower 10. Kyle, Halo Infinite story content is going to be Microsoft's big holiday game? No. Is it releasing this year? No. Wow. I don't think we hear anything about Halo Infinite this year. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kyle, will there be big complaints about Resident Evil 4? Um. Oh. No. I'm going to go on a limb and say no. Like, I mean, I think there might be like, you know, oh, this isn't as good. But I think overall, I, I think people will be like, it'll be like the reception to the remake of Resident Evil, you know, where there'll yeah. be changes and that people will actually appreciate it for that. Okay. Uh, optimistically. Yeah. Janet, predict where Starfield is going to be on the two tens. Mm. Assuming that it comes out, mm -hmm. which I'm yeah, not Will sure I have attempted to eat my butt? Shoot, would, <laughs> Kyle, isn't we're trying it, to make it, it start. Does it have a date? Starfield. Or is it just like back uh, half there, of the year? It, well, they implied first half of the year, but there were rumors recently that it's shifting to back half. Oh, man. Especially back half. I feel like there, that's not a lot of time to also even play it. Um, I'm going to say... Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to say yes. 
because I think there just won't be enough good stuff to knock it down. But I'm going to, f- I think. But hang on. Fe- but what number? I think it'll be split because I feel like a lot of us will play it, but I don't think all of us would put it on there. So, so give me a number, split. Janet. Just give me that number. What number it is on the two yep. tens? Um, 16. 16. That's correct. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> give me the Rotten Tomato score for the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> uh, 83. Okay. Wow. Jeffum, will Dreams release on PC? Uh, no. Janet, will you play Overwatch 2's PvP mode? Or no. PvE, I should say. No. <laughs> it's telling that you said no, even though I misspoke. When you said Overwatch, <laughs> I said no. Okay. I thought right. no. I've okay. tried- oh, that how game. is that a and prediction was- of whether she'll play? She can make that happen. <laughs> this, yeah. this is scientifically binding, Jeffum. Come on, okay. man. Uh, Jeffum, will GTA 6 be teased? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kyle. Final Fantasy 16's Metacritic. Ooh, Final Fantasy 16's Metacritic. Let's say on uh, PS5. I guess that's the only thing it's coming out of. Uh, 80, 88. 88? Wow. Yeah. All right. Mark your calendars, everybody. Check this episode out a year from now and see how completely correct we all are. Whew. Uh, leave I, your did prediction. I get all the score questions? <laughs> I don't know. I just got to toss around <laughs> randomly. But yeah, leave your greatest prediction in the comments below. I'm always curious to read. And, and they're fun to look back on. And we can see if you edited it in 2024. So That's don't right. be sneaky. Uh, hey, Janet, do you know how this whole thing operates? Um, Probably just really well thought out predictions. It is. Yeah, mainly. Our predictions are always so accurate that people are like, my God, I need to help support them in some way. And I'm going to do it by going to patreon.com slash minmax with two ends and finding the tier that is right for me. Head on over there. Find a $2 tier. Find a $5 tier. Whatever you choose, it helps support independent games media. Um, and we have a big year planned for 2023. We could use a boost. So any help there would be appreciated. Um, and... We want to send a special thank you to some of our biggest pals, biggest supporters, people like I Am 8-Bit, who've been with us for so long. They want everybody to know about a vinyl bonanza that is happening at the I Am 8-Bit online store. Go to I Am 8-Bit, check out the store. They have a ton of vinyl soundtracks available, including the soundtrack to The Artful Escape, which has an awesome soundtrack, Minecraft Dungeons, a musical story, a chicory, the piano collections. Check out I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store. If you're a gamer and you're looking to buy stuff for yourself or any other gamer in your life, this store is the one for you. I promise there is very cool stuff in there. Kyle, I'm not judging, and I'm not even recording this, but genuinely, not not ad copy, but genuinely, when was the last time you went to iMateBits site and checked out their store? Uh, like really like three months ago. Okay, and I'll check occasionally. And I I'm think guessing they had a Castlevania thing that I was interested in. Ooh, but I'm guessing you had a moment of like, God, this is a lot of cool stuff, right? Yeah, I did. You're right. It is cool. It is cool. Check out iM8Bit. They're a wonderful online store. You can use the promo code RABBITSEASON. RABBITSEASON, all one word, for 10% off everything under $100 in their wonderful online store. Help support them because they support us in a big way. All right. Discount, promo codes, all that stuff's in the description below for iM8Bit if you want to get a sweet discount. But we need to remember who has the best question submitted over there on Patreon from the community because they get the Untitled Goose Game on Nintendo Switch from iM8Bit. iM8Bit will actually ship out Untitled Goose Game because they're very generous and cool. So please help remember everybody. Uh, Mr. Buttons says, hey, MinMax crew. 
Howdy. Hi, Mr. Buttons. Um, with The Last of Us releasing on HBO to critical acclaim and high viewership ratings, it seems like a second season adapting part two is almost a guarantee. My question is, do you think the story of part two will be as divisive among TV audiences as it was for gaming audiences? And it's weird with the show now. We probably shouldn't spoil anything specifically about two. Um, uh, I, I would say no. Yeah. I think TV audiences are more prepared are, for that kind of storytelling. I think so too. Are they doing the entire first arc in this first season? It seems that Have way. They said that? Yeah. And actually, I was just listening to an interview with Craig Mazin, the, the showrunner over there. And he seemed to imply that they wouldn't be able to do all of part two in one season. Um, so I think what they're going to do is probably have it be a three season show unless last of us part three comes out by the time that last one airs, but I can't imagine that, but three season show. And then part two will be split into two and three. But then that's a question. Cause last of us part two is already such a weird split of a game. Like would they weave multiple stories in season two or would they keep one story for season three and one story for season two? They'd have to weave it. They'd probably weave it, yeah. They gotta have to do it. it. Yeah, yeah, I think it would lose so much of its impact if it's like this person's story, then this person's story, you know? I mean, didn't Mason say something along the lines of like, it's, it, it, there's not like, there's no plan for it to be this like ongoing thing necessarily. Like they're just like tackling it one season at a time, right? I, that, I think, you know what I mean? I think Neil Druckmann had some quotes saying like they're not gonna overlap the games or something. Like yeah, okay. there was some implication that like they're not gonna get Game of Thrones here. Right. Um, and so they'll probably stop, especially like Chernobyl's one season, Watchmen one season. Like it's not unreasonable for HBO to not milk something for all it's worth, you know? I mean, it would function hit. well as like a single, if they're just adapting the first game and call it a day, you know, I would be okay with that. There's no way they're not going to do part two though. I mean, I, with these, with the viewership for the first episode alone, it seems like a, a lock for at least three seasons. Did you say the same thing about Watchmen though? I don't know what the numbers were like, but. Yeah, but there wasn't. I think Watchmen I mean, I don't was, know. A, I, yeah. was a whole different can of worms where there wasn't like a clear story to adapt sitting there ready That's to true. go, you know, that also has been beloved by many people who played it and stuff. But um, Janet, I saw somebody on Twitter screaming and they're like, what? Where am I, where am I going to hear Janet's thoughts on the last of us yeah. show? So is this, is this where I, it's your call. I mean, it's your mouth, but did you I mean, have thoughts yeah, I mean, on the show? A, it's a good show. Like, uh, I enjoyed episode one. I think they did a, a great job with the adaptation so far. I do think it kind of became less interesting once. And again, it is funny, like, the weird, like, people are like, oh, you're, so are you really just going to spoil the show for the people? It's like, look, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to go, like, crazy beat by beat, but, I don't know, it's an apocalypse show. It's a zombie show. Um, once they got to the quarantine zone, I feel like it kind of lost some of its sizzle. I think the slice of life kind of moments were the more interesting ones. Yeah. But um yeah i mean i really enjoyed it again especially that the first like maybe half to like an hour of that episode one i think was really impactful curious to see how they handle the more um action-oriented elements of the plot because i haven't really felt the the shine in that regard yet um yeah i mean i think it's it's gonna be an enjoyable show i'm looking forward to watching it uh every week yeah we recorded a whole Max Spoilers episode about that first episode of The Last of Us TV shows. You can find that on the bonus podcast feed or up on our YouTube channel in there, on there and whatnot. Um, I, I am struck, I, I don't know what I expect, but I'm surprised that there's not more discussion when just talking about Last of Us and the origins of The Last of Us and the creation of the game The Last of Us and stuff in comparison to this show. It's like, it's amazing that like Bruce Straley, the game's director and co-creator of the whole thing with Neil Druckmann, not the whole thing, but you know what I mean? Like, 
he isn't brought up really anywhere at all. Like I always just hear other podcasts talk about the show and like, oh, it's a game that was made by Neil Druckmann at Naughty Dog. And it's like, it's kind of, it was a co-led game. And uh, I haven't listened to the official podcast. I'm curious if they mention him at all, but it always bums me out. And like, it bums me to see that like Bruce Straley hasn't tweeted about the show either. Or it's implying. I mean, do you think that there's just, do you think there's some animosity there that's, this was never surfaced or I it I don't know who knows who you don't knows make assumptions yeah. you don't want to make assumptions yeah I, I know somebody wrote into the podcast a while ago and they're like isn't it weird that Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley don't follow each other on Twitter it's like that is weird it's I don't want to be a weirdo on the internet that's trying to read too much into a, I'm sure a very complicated professional relationship and Twitter who cares you know but it is like it, it, it's a little weird I don't know I, I hope he gets recognition uh for being a big part of that game from my perspective at least um, let's see. Nick West wrote in. They say, hey, with the first episode of HBO's The Last of Us um, making what seems to be a flying start, what other live action adaptations from video games do you think has the best chance to also get a warm reception? You know, they've announced stuff like Fallout, Twisted Metal, Borderlands, Ghost of Tsushima, Horizon, God of War, Bioshock, Assassin's Creed on Netflix. Um, do you think any of those are going to sing, Kyle? Uh, I think Bioshock has potential. Yeah. Just because it's like the, I, I, it would be very, a lot of the joy in watching a show like Bioshock would be to see the sets and stuff and how they designed it. Where a lot of, like Ghost of Tsushima, I adore. I love that game. I, I'm really uninterested in seeing a TV adaptation of that because it's a yeah. pretty grounded, straightforward video game adaptation of a thing that already kind of existed. Like that was sort of the charm of the game, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm surprised you're not more excited yeah. about that uh, the Fallout game just because it's what Jonathan Nolan. You're you're such a Nolan head over there, I Kyle. Want, like, I mean, I love love the first season of Westworld and dropped off violently after that. And yeah. he has a new show on Amazon that I haven't checked out. Oh, I think really? I'm more. I think it's just I'm a more of a Christopher guy than Jonathan. Is what I, comes down to. Everybody has their favorite Nolan. I get it, man. Um, mine's North, but the. Uh, the Borderlands movie this year, I think, is going to be interesting. Someone in the comment timestamped that joke as being uh, underrated. That was a good joke, Ben. I like that. Everyone's losing it. But, uh, no, the Borderlands movie, I think, is going to be really interesting because it's written by Craig Mazin, like the showrunner for Last of Us. Um, and so yeah. if it's just going to be like this goofy comedic tone, it's going to go back to his roots of writing hangover sequels and scary movie sequels and stuff. Like, I think it's going to be interesting to have everybody in love with the last of us show. And I can see that borderlands movie coming out and being like, uh, 50% of rotten tomatoes, you know? And so it'd be interesting to see like how much he's connected to it. If people would make those connections based on this hit show or what. So, uh, Victor, uh, Jesus Moreno says, what's the most video gamey thing, a TV or movie adaptation could do, which would help get across the fact that it comes from a game. Stuff like the doom movie, having first person scenes, Victor says, I think when when Joel fights a clicker in The Last of Us, damage numbers should pop up. That's smart. That's really oh smart. God. Just a little nod for the fans. We love those numbers. Yeah. I actually, I, I have, this is something I genuinely like about uh, the original Silent Hill movie, uh, where I was watching in a theater, and I, I remember leaning over to my friend, joking, like, hey, they should have a scene where she has to check her map every five seconds. Because Silent Hill is very much a game where you open your map, okay, I'm in this hallway, you know, and you check it constantly in Silent Hill. Um, and then, lo and behold, there was a scene of the protagonist running from uh, city block to city block and checking the map 
like on the like <laughs> that was like arranged at each city block. And I don't know if that's exactly what they were going for, but I loved it. And it totally worked for me. Like it just it context it made sense in the context of the movie and was also pretty video gamey that she had to keep checking the map. You know, I so I liked that. I do love that. Yeah, that's that seems like a nice subtle way because also it's she's probably running and panicked and it's like adding to the tension, you know. So I like that. Uh starting the movie with like a update software prompt. And then you choose no, and then the movie starts or something. I think that'd be a cool nod for hardcore fans. Uh, Nick Terry says, I have a question for Kyle and only Kyle being the resident One Piece super fan, but anyone can answer. But their name has to be Kyle. Uh, One Piece Odyssey, that RPG, it looks like a great game. And I've seen a lot of praise online echoing this feeling. I've never watched a single episode of One Piece prior to the game coming out. And I read online, you should at least watch up to episode... 784 before jumping into the game (laughs) if i watch an average of 14 episodes per week i could reach this goal by september so here's my question am i crazy or is it worth it to start such a monumental task just so i can play one piece odyssey oh boy i mean one piece is a good show i honestly don't think you would regret watching one piece I have not watched 700 episodes of One Piece and I'm enjoying the game. I've watched about 300. Um you the, the structure of the game is you're you're exploring the 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 crew's like memories. So there is an advantage to having context. Uh, because that's a big part of it is like you'll meet you'll go back into your memories and you'll even meet characters that have died and stuff like that and like and those moments are just much better if you know the context of what happened and why it's cool that Luffy gets to meet this character again who passed away but you know but if you're enjoying the game like you'd probably not understand some of those memories so like you don't have to hit that finish line of 784 right no I mean it's that it, it god it's tough because like it's it's not really a great um entry way for one piece it's like oh you've never really? watched one piece check out Odyssey that's not really like a, the best recommendation, but at the same time, it's like one piece is good because it has good characters and fun action. And, and guess what? Those exist in that game. So like, even though you might not have all the context for why it's interesting that they're in Alabasta again, like you'll still in, probably enjoy the combat and the visuals and the sort of character interactions. And you will kind of get a sense of who they are from playing the game. Are you digging that game? It, it seems like I like it. Yeah. Okay. It, it's like it. I mean, I'd yeah, be no, I'm not over the moon for it. I, right. I, be, I don't, it, it's, it's that thing of like this early in the year. It's like, you got to ask yourself, like, would it show up on my top 10? Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like completely put it out of the realm of possibility. Um, but it's, it's not like, uh, it, yeah, it's not like the, the best anime RPG ever made or anything. I know like you, that. like, you know, we talked about it. We had that preview, um, because I played the first couple hours of the game and stuff. And we had that preview up on our YouTube channel and the bonus podcast for you and whatnot. And like, yeah, you asked me, like, oh, are you going to play it even though you're not a One Piece fan? It's like, yeah, no, I, I, I'm good. I got it. Like, I'm happy that a big budget turn-based RPG is getting its due like this. Um, but you said in that, like, oh, I just want to run around the world and interact with the characters. Like, that's what I want from a game. It's like, it's scratching that itch, at least. It's mission accomplished yeah. there. And I like that the combat's interesting. And also, if it gets to a point where it's not interesting, the tools to just have it autoplay are very smart and <laughs> good. so weird. And so, like, if you're just... What I've been doing is kind of going back and forth, where I'll be like, I just want to see what happens next in the story. I don't really want to engage with, like, these scorpions I've fought ten times in the desert. I'll just right. let it do auto battle until I get to the next cutscene. But then for, like, the big bosses and, like, new enemies and stuff, I'll turn it off and, like, engage with the combat more and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, a computer writes in, and they're with you, Kyle. They say, thank you, Kyle Hilliard. 
I'm watching One Piece based on the recommendation you've given, and I've fallen in love with the characters, the art style, and the heart of the show. I've seen 45 episodes, the red film, and I'm playing One Piece Odyssey. Oh, also, I got this cool Nami t-shirt, and I wore it to the family's house on Christmas, and my dad liked it too. Um, what, that, what era of Nami are we talking here? Are we talking... Yeah, is, is is his dad just a pervert? Is that the story here? Is Nami one of those? Okay, I see. Uh, Brian W. writes in and says, I've been a digital console gamer for years now. My PS5 can't even take physical media. How many physical copies of games will you buy in 2023? This is a good question. In general or for PlayStation? I think, let's go in general. Keep in How mind, many codes am I not getting? That that's the I, thing. Like we we get a lot of codes for for coverage and stuff uh, for this show, so it's pretty rare for me. But Kyle, you're still all in on that stuff. If if I'm buying a game and it, it's an option to get it physical, I get it physical. Um, yeah. Just because I don't want to be burned long term of like you know those platforms disappearing and like licensing rights being taken away there's just like a security in having a physical game uh, so i still like physical games i still like putting a game on the shelf i like being able to like you know my wife can play and we don't have to deal with you know swapping whose console is the home console and all that kind of stuff you know yeah getting to share it i think is huge like i think i was burned and i hit my maybe finish line like i like having physical stuff i like having shelves but i was burned i think this is 2019 when astral chain came out i'm like you know what I want a physical version of Astral Chain that my friends can share. This is going to be great. And I went to like two stores and they're like, eh, we don't got it. We're sold out. And I was like, really? Astral Chain? It's not like it's like the hottest thing in town. At that point, I'm like, you know what? I don't like driving. I think, I think I'm done with this. I'll just go ahead and download Astral Chain. Well, there's this thing called Amazon.com ah, that will send it to you. Here we go. Here we go. Play One Piece. Support Jeff Bezos. Baby, baby. Uh, That's Kyle. He's always talking about how pro Jeff Bezos he is. Uh, is anybody else? Janet, you, you buying stuff? I mean, I love physical media. Um, I do think, like, Kyle, to your point, and I don't have the all the background information on hand offhand, but I think the ownership thing is less relevant. It's really more of a, just like the, the coat, the, the physical like cartridge or disc is still just a key to unlock a digital thing. Like I feel like back in the, maybe like PS2, PS3 era, that was a little bit more true, but like now with how stuff runs, like that's not, they can still like remove access if they want to. So to some degree, like maybe you miss some updates, you can avoid some aspect of it. But even now, like the, it used to be like, if you have a physical game, okay, you have to download it. But now, like, most of the game's not on the disc either. So right. I feel like that use case That's has definitely point. wavered um, as time has gone on, unfortunately. I still do like having physical just because I like the collective nature of it and just having a game and getting to hold it. And it is cool that you can trade it and you can, you know, sell it in a way that you can't sell, like, a digital key if you wanted to, you know, trade into GameStop or, you know, hustle it yourself on eBay and let's see how much that game really is worth if, you know, there's hopes that at GameStop's trade and try selling it on your own <laughs> and wow. see what you get for it. Um, but you have that option with physical and you don't have it with digital. Um, I do think it's become a lot easier to share digital games, though, at least like in a household sense. Like I have my family play plenty of my digital games by like logging in, sure. on my, being logged down on their console. Granted, that is limited to only like you can only game share easily with one other console. And I would love to see that opened up a little bit more yeah. um, over time. I know like there's either a rumor or it's going to happen of like game passes family plan. Like I'm really excited for that to eventually drop and just avoid having to kind of 
weirdly go around the like account stuff and just be able to hey let me just pay a little bit extra money and i can just let a bunch of people get added to this yeah. um but yeah. but i also don't buy a lot of physical anymore because of our jobs so there's that yep just uh just yesterday my wife wanted to get um near automata yeah that's how it's pronounced uh, well no jeff yep. uh, i'm sorry uh, jv gwaldney pronounced it near a tomato and so that's actually the canonical way near a tomato yeah. yes uh she wanted to play that and so we were looking she wanted to play it on the switch because the switch version came up last year and we we were looking at it and the physical version was ten dollars less and i was and i kind of still wanted to get the physical version but it would have taken like 10 days to ship here and i was like eh that's like Dollar a, a dollar. Uh, do we want to save a dollar per day of you waiting to play this game? And she didn't want to. And I think that's pretty much the death of physical media in our household. Because like the Switch is the, like the last holdout of games that I probably would buy. Because everything you buy for a console, you have to install onto the hard mm-hmm. drive anyway. So you're still like juggling your current list of games that you can fit on a tiny PS5 hard drive. And so... I don't know. Maybe maybe Zelda will get the yeah. That'd be that'd be cute. That'd be cute of you. Yeah, I uh, that'd be cute. I had that'd a, be fun. I had a gross realization of like, well, I I bought the PS5 with the disc slot, the whole disc drive there, mm-hmm. and I realized like, I don't own a single PS5 game. I don't think I've put a single game into that PS5, which is scary. And then so I did a, a Twitter poll because I was curious if I was alone here. And I just sent out a Twitter poll on Minimax's uh, Twitter account and said, if you own a PS5 with a disk drive, have you ever used it? Um, and fi- basically 15% of people said no, which is like, okay. 15 said no. Well, so 10% said no, they haven't. And 5% said maybe to test it once. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's, so basically 15% haven't used it, which is like, okay, that's, that's yeah. bizarre. Uh, were you getting some off your shelf there, Janet? Yeah, this is my one physical PS5. <laughs> Road ninety six. Road ninety six. Don't 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 sleep on Road ninety six. Uh, it's actually a really good game. Cool. I really enjoyed it. In was it twenty twenty one? Came out. I think so. Yeah. No, twenty twenty two. I think. No, I think it's twenty one. I don't know. Um, you should um, you should have like quizzed us on what your one PS five game was and given oh hints because we would have been here for three hours. Oh, I would have gotten to Road ninety six eventually. Really? Well, it w- when I get a second one. I'll let you know. I did actually okay. get Stray um, from uh, I Am 8-Bit. They had Ooh. a copy of Stray that they sent over to me, but I uh, gifted it off to my family because they don't have the game at all. So Yeah, well, that's very um, But it was a very, like, cool, like, collector's piece. I think for a few indies, I would do the the double dip yeah. um, into physical. But, yeah, I think just with our jobs, there's not a lot of opportunity for it. And to your guys' point, going to a store isn't as easy as it sounds because, like, I know at GameStop, if it's not pre-ordered, you don't have it. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter what game. It could be, it could be Kirby's BS Buffet, and you're not going to have... They're not like, oh, sorry, it's sold out. Like, yeah, you know, it doesn't... <laughs> uh, just wait. Um, next Direct, it's going to be there. You heard it here first. <laughs> but um, with Target, I have a much easier time. Like, I can go in and just pick something up. For some reason... GameStop's like we are literally only stocking like on launch day what was pre-ordered and not yeah. a game more. Yep. At least exactly. Yeah, yeah. M- Mr. Buttons in the comments says that he's only used it, he's only used the disc drive on his PS5 only for movies. Yeah, and that was that was like the factor when I was deciding like, do I just get the digital one versus the disc one? It was like, well, it's if I replace my PS4 with my PS5, 
I'm going to need something that could play a Blu-ray right. movie theoretically sometime in the future. But I don't know the last time I've played a Blu-ray movie either. I know. So it's weird. It's crazy. We all want to like it. Um, Mark M writes in, they say, Hey everybody, I just started playing Hades and I'm in love with the power combinations that make each run feel unique. Then I got to thinking about what if life gave us upgrades? If you could pick two real life upgrades to have for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Now, the only rule is that it has to be an upgrade over your existing capabilities, like in Hades. So, like, you can throw the ball 50% faster, jump 50% higher. You can't just make up a new ability like flying around or something. Whew. Tough, Mark. Tough. Can I put them both on jump and jump 100% higher? That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, you fun. can, but we'd all point and laugh at you and you'd be a, an outcast in society because you're jumping abilities. Uh, Janet nailed it. Focus? Yes. So, like, add 40% focus for your brain? Add 80%. I'm, I'm clutching at straws over here. <laughs> I was trying to get anything done. <laughs> That's and maybe, really like, good. um, maybe... I don't know if it'd be stamina or like something that would make it easier to mm. like wake up mm. internal in clock improvements or something. Okay. I like that, that. vitality. Does anyone know what vitality is? <laughs> oh, it's that actually. It's just waking up faster. Uh, Jeff, I'm your perfect. So what would you choose? The stamina is a great one. Yeah. Um, probably. I guess just intelligence is a stat, right? Yeah. You stupid. Yeah. Oh, your predictions could have been <laughs> so much better. Just boost that. Yeah. And then that's going to really solve right everything. Now. It's real rough. <laughs> yeah. Tanner, yeah. Tanner at the backstage passed here watching us live. He says, I wish I could go longer without peeing. That'd be a, that'd be a good boost. Just get rid of bathroom time. Make it like a, that a holiday be? event. Intelligence. Uh, Sleepy Mailman writes in and says, Hello, Ben and friends. Uh, what do you think were the best podcast games of 2022? We didn't have it as a category, but uh, Vampire Survivors, is that just the yeah, obvious yes. boring one? That's the answer. It was such a slam dunk that everybody moved on. I, I listened to playing Xenoblade, um, but it was yeah. one of those like pause it for a cutscene and then listen to a lot while you're moving through the world. Right, kind of right. Um, yeah, I am still in love with Dome Keeper, which I mentioned in an episode a couple back, but that's still my, I'm playing that on the exercise bike every morning. And I just think that game is a blast. It, it is a perfect zone out, listen to podcast exercise game. Um, there's one that I was, I, I was on vacation last week. And so I'm all, the worst part about going on vacation, the only downside is these podcasts. My podcast feed is just overflowing at this point. Like I need, I need to find a good podcast game so I can just sit back and listen to 3000 hours of other gaming podcasts and nonsense like that. So I tried that game, a uh, vengeful guardian Moonrider, Kyle, uh, you, you yeah, were playing it too, one. right? Wait, you reviewed it. I reviewed it. Yeah. My God, this is the Genesis inspired action game. A little of uh, give me give me your combinations, Kyle. What is this? What are the, what are this? Like? A surprising amount of Mega Man X in there. Okay. Um, yeah, just in like enemy design, level layout, uh, the way secrets are hidden is very Man Mega Man Xy. Yeah, but it looks like a Genesis game. Right. What is that? I'm not smart enough with that generation to figure that out. Like you talked about a little bit on the Game Informer Show podcast, but just the idea of like, why does some stuff look Super Nintendo, other stuff looks Genesis? I get the soundtrack stuff, but yeah. visuals, it is weird that we can distinguish an indie game is going for Genesis. 
I, I think it's like sprite size. Like Genesis really? sprites are taller and 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 thinner, where Super Nintendo sprites are squatter like and shorter. Mario? That's a yes, like, like that's why he was skinny on the Genesis. <laughs> um, really, that's what it is. Sprite size. That I mean, that's right. just one of many things. I, I don't know. Sure. Sprite size does matter. I'm it probably. does matter. <laughs> Uh, did you like uh, this I will game? say it's not the best podcast game because it's pretty short. I think you're only going to get through like two podcasts. Oh, or so. really? But <laughs> yeah, that's, a, like, that's a plus for everything else there. But Yeah, you, yeah. It's a, it's a good game. I liked it, but um, not very long. And like a, in the pro column, like a reason to play. It's not very long. Yeah. Is it hard? Um, It's no. It's, it, it's a little hard, okay. you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vengeful Guardian Moonrider, if you want that. It's everywhere but uh, Xbox, apparently. Um, Jeff, yeah, I played it on Switch and both the Switch version and the Steam Deck version, and uh, I yeah, I enjoyed it. Right on, Jeff. I've been meaning to ask you a question. In the history of Earth, has a single bullet ever intentionally been deflected by a sword on planet Earth? Oh, I'm sure. So on purpose, some point. Yeah, not like you know, there's a oh, sword intentionally, intentionally. Um, probably I'm googling bullet deflected oh, by sword probably. in real life. <laughs> oh, you think like somebody on YouTube? I guess yeah. It doesn't oh, count maybe. as like MythBusters well, or something. You, I guess like in warfare. I was thinking about the MythBusters. <laughs> yeah. If anyone did it, yeah. it was them, and they brought out C four for some reason <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the lulls. I, I mean, there there probably at some point was someone like holding a sword in front of them cowering and someone tried to shoot them and it, like like not mm. you know like i'm gonna i'm gonna move the sword right, fast enough right. to stop a bullet so is the equivalent i was of them, cowering behind a buster sword buster uh, sword. and it did the job so like yeah. if they would be hiding behind a tree if they could but they're just like trying to hide behind one single sword and then in this hypothetical scenario in warfare somebody shoots one bullet at them and it gets deflected and they yep. say well and then they're like tried. wow that guy's a badass i'm not messing with him anymore Freaking Obi Wan Kenobi over there. Uh, let's see. Ben writes in and what? says, "What was that? <laughs> oh, you didn't. You didn't. The Great War the, of New Jersey of 1973." <laughs> uh, ben, ben writes in and says, "I've been going back through old Super replays at Game Informer and thinking specifically of bad games like Ill Bleed or Raw Danger, and it made me wonder what quote unquote ahead of its time means in 2023." Are there still new mechanics, new gameplay concepts that can crash and burn but be seen as later innovations? Or have we reached a point in AAA space where most games reach a threshold of quality that removes that ambition? I don't think we'll uh, know if something's ahead of its time until enough time has passed for us Yeah, to but that's the fun thing. You try and guess. You got you to figure it out, you know? Because I think it's always good in past no, times. No, you don't. <laughs> But that's the that's the fun of the question is trying to figure out how what, <laughs> can we predict what will be seen as ahead of its time for games right but now. That was well, was that the question? Because I thought the question was what would be ahead of its time now. It made me wonder which, what ahead of its time means in 2023. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, go ahead, Kyle. Because I don't really have anything. I'm just gonna just start saying I, words. So go. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting strategy. A lot of the show is just me opening my mouth, and I don't know where a sentence is going to uh, go. Yeah, I mean, I'm just there for the ride. Uh -huh. <laughs> to be fair, I think I will also just say a bunch of words as well. Um, Hang on, I also I, have words. Uh, I think, I mean, in my mind, I, th I just think of things that are like mechanics that are n totally new for a game that maybe don't, don't really even work. 
but like someone takes that core idea later and improves it and then you're like oh this this is really cool and actually improves the game and then it's like retroactively you're like oh i guess that was in that game but just didn't quite work as well did it yeah yeah i i got it it's AI generated art yeah, in games. Baby. It's ahead of its time. Do it. Get there. Gotta do it. it. I think um, I had this feeling a little bit. It's for a game from last year, but who knows if this is right. But I felt like in God of War Ragnarok, like those beats where Atreus was like, why, why are we killing all these people? Like, are we, are we the baddies type of thing? I mean, not like a big story moment, you know, but just like there's a section there where he's kind of questioning killing all these people and creatures um it's like i could see more of that more of just and i'm sure it'll drive a lot of gamers up the wall but i could see more of that just kind of like big budget questioning of like yeah but the mindless action we've kind of been aware of it and commenting on it more and more in AAA design and eventually it's just going to be a point of like you're gonna have to explain why you're doing the base mechanic of the game over and over and over again so god of ragnarok very ahead of its time uh crater writes in and says hey two things uh missed joke emphasis opportunity last week while talking about his new noctua fans on his pc ben said they blew his mind and he didn't put a heavy enough emphasis on the word blue to make it the joke it deserved to be i apologize crater i'll do better next time Um, but then i have a question as well i'm a pretty avid collector and user of handheld game systems but lately with modern handhelds like the switch and steam deck essentially being non-handheld systems that you happen to be able to use in a handheld mode i'm finding myself enjoying handheld gaming less with games not being specifically designed for a small handheld screen like they were with the handhelds of the past i find most modern games to have either too busy of uis or too small of details for me to enjoy on tiny handheld screens is this just me getting old and going blind? Do other people share the same sentiment? Am I nuts? Great question, Crater. You're nuts. Yeah, I think you're nuts. I, I literally write, nuts. am I nuts? Or did you add that? Crater literally wrote, am I nuts? Okay. <laughs> but I'm copying it and pasting it a thousand times. Um, I think... Uh, in different fonts for some reason. That's right. I, I've enjoyed handheld gaming more in the last year than it maybe have my entire life. <laughs> like, and a lot of that's just, yeah, the Steam Deck epiphany, yeah, I suppose. I, I guess it depends on how old Crater is, but from the forty-year-old mm. perspective, like maybe maybe there's a bell curve to it. But I'm definitely on the upslope of I'm way happier with handheld gaming now than I am even with console. Like if something comes out on a handheld, it's a huge plus for me because it increases my chances of playing it at this point right. or getting to play it. Yeah, I hear you with the UI thing. That's still definitely still an issue. And yeah, you're in trouble with your vision, you know. There's yeah, there's there's the the parent thing. I don't maybe it's not as strong for Jeff as it was for me, where it was like I just like handheld games were the go to for me for a long time, just because they were like you know easier to access and I didn't have to un- interrupt my kid playing games and I could even play like M rated games without um, you know mm. subjecting her to that ho- horrific terror. And you no, had to like that's tilt exactly the thing away from her. <laughs> Just imagine. Yeah. Look at this. But uh, I do think what the question's kind of getting at is the fact that we no longer, at least outside of mobile games, like stuff on a phone or a tablet, we don't see games designed with handheld in mind. We just see good games that you can play handheld. Yeah. But I think that's fine. I mean, I feel like it's kind of funny to have that as a complaint. Not that it's not a valid one, because that is true. Like, design has changed over time. as like we've had more access. But if anything, like, that was so much of the limitation, I think, of handheld before where it had to be, like, by design for 
within the the confides of the hardware. And now hardware has gotten advanced enough that we can just be pure software and make a good game and not have to worry about like so many of those limitations in the same way. Um, and to rather maybe just explore what certain platforms may or may not have to offer. Um, but yeah, that is that comes with. I think change to design and that we don't have to account for that as much, I think from a design perspective. Yeah. And, and in terms of like the squinting to see UI, I have a much harder time with stuff on my TV nowadays mm. than I do on my handheld. Like there have been plenty of games where I'm like, what does that say? And a surprisingly few games still just like let you boost the font in menus yeah. and stuff in, you know, like if, games have come so far in terms of accessibility, but not like one of the most basic accessibility features. Yeah. Or maybe I just actually, need like, I need like an 80 inch TV, I guess. Is just I actually went to get answer. update my glasses prescription for Horizon Forbidden West because I was oh, playing no. on and I was like, I just know it could be a little sharper and probably should be. So I went in to get a new prescription wow. so I could more easily yeah. play the game later when it came out. Uh, Chris K. Rule writes in and says, Howdy, crew. Considering the recent leak of Suicide Squad from Rocksteady revealing, this is a screenshot, revealing a host of games-as-a-service elements like Battle Pass, multiple currencies, mission-based structure, I'm now bracing for impact on what may be another AAA game designed around milking every penny from the consumer, but wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt. What does the panel think of the current trajectory of Suicide Squad? We talked about it on last week's podcast a little bit, but yeah, Jeff, did you see that? About how that screenshot leaked with the multiple currencies, uh, the battle pass, and all that. Yeah, nonsense. just basically that it had like six currencies or something like that. that yeah, that, that uh, sounds like a disaster. And but <laughs> I, I don't think I was surprised though. If you would have asked me, like, does yeah. this game have a battle pass and multiple currencies? I, I smart money was yes, um, but mm-hmm. it is still a bummer to see. Yeah, my my reaction was a bit of like, oh, I thought this was known. Is this sure? This is a headline. I thought this is what the game was, which yeah, bums me out. It's one of the reasons like. I, I mean, uh, two years ago, I Gotham Knights ended up being just as much a games as service game as well. But like one of the reasons I was like more excited for Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad was because it seemed more like a narrative driven Arkham directly inspired by Arkham action game yeah. where Suicide Squad seemed like a multiplayer games as service shooter. Right, right. And and now we're know. living in it, baby. Uh, Michael Hash writes in and says, if you could have any animal as a pet, that would be sized proportionally to a dog and that would be domesticated. It would be domesticated and it wouldn't murder you or anything. What animal would you choose to have as a pet? Just to be clear, you would not be murdered by this. Penguin. <laughs> You'd have to like take it on walks. That and... is the size of a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about the size part too much. So, I mean, would you take it on walks then? Um, I mean, I just like penguins. I just think it would be cool to see one sort of waddling around, yeah. you know, what checking you? out what I'm doing, like a, like the way the cats do. I just like penguins. They're cute. What are you, an emperor kind of man? What are you going with? Yeah. Okay, I'll go all the way. Go Batman Returns penguins. Give me those ones. Wow. <laughs> Specifically. Yeah, I do want to know what their poop looks like. Like, is it going to be in a little litter box um, in the corner of your house? Just, They're not yeah. waddling into a litter box. <laughs> well, I mean, but the, the the sort of the conceit of the question is that, like, the pet would be functionally like like a dog or a cat, right? right? Like, so right. the penguin would be trained to go outside and use the bathroom and come inside. It would be like a dog, but it'd be like the same way uh, Dino's like a dog in the Flintstones. So the penguin would be like, arr, 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 
<laughs> just like licking you in the face when you got so home scary. and stuff. So <laughs> I hope not. Poking my eye out. <laughs> oh of God, what a nightmare. <laughs> to wake up with a penguin <laughs> attacking you. No. Uh, let's see. You could go like, um, I think in the Jurassic Park book, um, like John Hammond tries, I think he like tries to sell or he does successfully sell like small elephants to the Japanese. That's like how he got, is one of his weird tests. And I think it was the, I think the implication, correct me if I'm wrong, everybody who's read the Jurassic Park book recently, but the implication is that he was saying like, Hey, it's a dog sized elephant. Buy it. Japanese people. Um, it's genetically engineered, but realistically he just had like baby elephants that he was like using as the sales pitch. And that was it. Oh um, so I think, I think a little elephant would be pretty cool. But then it'd be that situation of like, they're probably too smart. So it'd be kind of sad, even if you're keeping them in your house, right? Um, this is a small thing, but it'd be cool to have like a dog, like a marine iguana is where I was going. I was trying to think of like what the coolest lizard would be if it was like a, just a super chill lizard and it wouldn't attack you and run around and stuff. But just like one of them be pet. And also you could like go to the lake and it would just swim around and stuff. They're Are like, these things like Komodo size? I've never heard of these. Uh, I, th- I assume they're a little bit bigger than normal iguanas, but they're like, you know, the ones that you always see like um, on those islands in South America, Kyle, that you always visit all the time. Of course. Yeah. Uh, anybody else got a dream pet? A dragon. Okay, buddy. Okay, buddy. <laughs> a tiger? Yeah, that's good. Like Crash Bandicoot's sister. a scarier cat, though. I know that you're going to like recatify it, but... <laughs> Yeah, but but it's kind of you know like a like a huskier, huskier mm. cat, yeah. but also with a dog's personality. And yeah, having like instead of a guard dog, having a guard tiger, I feel like your house would be three times as secure. No one's gonna mess with Pretty that. Good. I guess I guess we didn't say what size dog though. Uh, you know, dog yeah. size. Well, is, is it like mastiff? I mean, dogs. Average dog. You know? What is average, average dog? dog? So it would kind of it would just be a it would be a slightly smaller tiger, I guess. Yeah, I'd take that. Uh an attack corgi writes in. Janet, did you have one? Do you have a thought? No. Okay. No, I don't have a thought. Wow. Okay. Never have, never won. Janet went human, which I think is in poor taste. I don't understand that. An attack that corgi is not what <laughs> writes in and says, <laughs> Oh, hey there, neighbors. Thanks for letting me into the podcast. Uh thanks for forcing your way into the podcast, Attack Corgi. Um, what song gets you grooving? Let's say you're doing chores and it comes on over your speakers slash gramophone and gets your bobbin gets you bobbing your head. Mine is Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Okay. Well, it just came out. Recency bias much? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's what song is getting you grooving? Getting you in a good mood wherever you hear it. I uh I was just in Hawaii for a week. We have a bonus video all about the Jurassic Park tour on our YouTube channel, if you want to check it out with Kyle and I. But um, the the person we were staying at their house, and she only listened to, like, the island music radio station. And so I've just been, like, soaking in that for every drive. And then at a certain point, it got that song, and you can blame Stranger Things, but, yeah, past the duchy, that song, like, got in my head and did not leave for an entire week. Um, and so I think that's my go-to, will get me grooving, and also, it will not leave your head, and it will. Uh, you need a screwdriver to get that song out of your head. I don't know if we're like guaranteed. I read this as like right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like "Dirty Dancer" by Orion Sun. Has been a song I've been listening to a lot. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, other than that, I don't know. It changes over. Like I usually have a couple tracks that I'll gravitate towards in different shifts. As long as you aren't specific, I think that's good. <laughs> that uh, 
Anamanaguchi Hatsune Miku song. Ooh, okay. That's a good one that I'll just pull up all the time randomly. Yeah. Jeff, is it just Turkey in the Straw or National Anthem or what are you going for? National Anthem. Oh, no. Um, I was, I remembered my anecdote uh, for the stupid question. Uh, I, I was in the car like a month ago and I was, and I heard a song on the radio and it was catchy and I wanted to remember it. And so I tried really hard and I, and the, the words that I remembered were elastic elbow. And so then like, then like two months later, I was, I Googled every form of elastic elbow <laughs> trying to nail down like what this song was. And I couldn't remember any of the words, but I remember that it was like a, a vaguely British sounding woman was like speaking for most of the words. And all I could remember was like, I, at some point she talked about furniture and then, um, this is not, and real. like, I, like, like I, I went to the I current cause you know, like they telling us about his dream last night. <laughs> you know, I, no, I, I went to the current cause they give you like their entire playlist. Mm, and yeah. I was like looking through months, trying to figure out what it was. And eventually I, I think I Googled like British indie band where they talk a lot. And, it, and a, a search came up about the band, but it was the band's name is wet leg. I, I was completely off, but the song is called Shay's Shay's Lounge, um, and so and she does say Shay's Lounge like a hundred times during. Nice, the song. hey! So I listened to it, it and it was it was still pretty catchy. All but, right, congratulations! Uh, it was a journey. Uh, I have a very specific request, and please forgive me for being this indulgent, but we have like over Christmas, it was driving me wild. Where we have like a wind up Santa, we've had it since I was a kid, and it plays this song, and it's like oh iconic Christmas song, but it's only because I've had this wind up thing and I realized I've never heard this song anywhere else. It's just like a wind up music box. So you can't like Shazam it to find out what the song mm. is. So if anybody knows what song this is, presumably a Christmas song because it's a Santa thing, but I've never heard it anywhere else. So <clears throat> the music box goes something like this. Anybody? All right, thank you, YouTube no. comments or people tweeting me at Yozetti, Y-O-Z-E-T-T-Y. Please let me know what the hell that song is. Uh, Damon. Or Shazam that. Let's see what happens. <laughs> error, error, humanity bad. Damon writes and says, Goose Goose Duck is the latest game rising up on the Steam charts. Since I'm assuming none of you have played it, let's settle the age-old question instead. Duck, duck, uh, Janet, uh, Duck, Duck, Goose or Duck, Duck, Grey Duck? Duck, Duck, Goose. Who says yeah, Duck, Duck, duck Grey Duck? Jeffum and I do. Um, no. Why? You don't do that, Jeffum? You're turning on your roots? No, no, no. I'm agreeing with you that okay. it's not Goose. Thank it's you. obviously Grey Duck. I saw a picture of a t-shirt that I kind of wanted to buy no, because no, it was just a it. picture of Anthony Edwards. And, it, and it, under it, it said Grey Duck because his name is Goose in Top Gun. It was like Boy, in the Top Gun logo. That's specific. But it was Grey Duck. I'm sure we've talked about it before. Um, but yeah, it's a, a weird thing, my daughter came home from daycare where she was really young and explained duck duck gray duck to yeah me. and i was like what are you talking about i was like this it's is, very stupid are you confused janet do you know what we're talking about no i'm, I'm googling it right now because as I far it's as a, i know yeah. I, I mean i think it might even be specifically a minnesota thing yeah I, I don't even know if it's like midwest i think it might be minnesota they play duck duck gray duck yeah. instead of duck duck goose to, yeah so it's 
Oh, it comes from Swedish because there's so many Swedish immigrants in Minnesota. And so it was like Anka Anka, Greece Anka, forgive me, Swedish speakers, I think was like the Swedish variant. And then we adopted that. Um, so it's to the level, though, that I saw this Goose Goose Duck, which looks like kind of like an Among Us style game. I saw it like blowing up on Steam and genuinely in my mind, I'm like, is that what everybody else says? Like, I think that's what I, they also say for Duck Duck Grey Duck and just kind of moved on, not realizing it was a flip even on that. But uh, I, think, I think Goose is genuinely better to say because it's a single syllable uh, word. So you yeah, can get not, going. You can get the chase interested. started faster. Yeah. You have one syllable to alert the player that you, it's time to be chased where Grey Duck is too long. Hang on. I'm going to write down for a summer new show plus playing Duck Duck Grey Duck outside. We okay. all have our weird things though. Like, I realized the other day that people don't say washroom like here at all. No. I, said, I mentioned like my brother's like, I'm going to, we were streaming. And he's like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the washroom. And everyone's like, what is this weirdo talking about? The washroom. And I'm like, it's like the bathroom, restroom. It's like all the same to me. It's a urinal. No one says washroom here. Uh, Kiwi so. the Goo writes in and says, hey, Min Max Maniacs. Hello. Um, someone asked a question recently about when major developers will make smaller games instead of these massive uh, overworlds. My question builds on that. What is From Software doing that allows them to create games like Elden Ring? It's almost as big as like a Red Dead Redemption and GTA and with far more intricate level design and RPG mechanics. Is it simply heavier crunch and reused assets? Something else? What can other devs learn from how quickly, relatively, From Software made Elden Ring's world? I think it's deal a good question. Devil, probably. What's that, Janet? A deal with the devil. A deal with Satan yeah. himself. That's Miyazaki's cornerstone I of design. I think the answer to that is they can't learn anything because I think it is so unique yeah. to from software. Like you're not, no one's going to be able to reproduce that. And it probably is. I mean, there's, there's certainly some reuse of assets, but not, not in a, like a, I don't consider it in a negative way because it's, it's pretty transformative of how they do it. And I'm sure there is crunch to some extent, but yeah, like don't, any 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 lesson you could take from some from from software don't have it be how do we make the world's largest game in the shortest amount of time <laughs> like, don't yeah. don't try and reproduce that i mean i would love cuz cuz and because they've been making those games yeah. for you know like so long like you you get to that place by experience and also the deal with the devil that yeah, obviously devil's number one, but I think I think number two, the big yeah. one is like maintaining a team and the fact that they are just, even if they're shifting to an open world, like that team knows the structure, they know how to bang out these beats, they know the tech, um, and even though it's evolving, I think that is the huge thing. And it's the reason that Death Stranding released so quickly, much quicker than anybody else realized or thought that they could possibly pull it off in, um, just because the idea of like, well, Kojima brought a lot of his former team. And even though they're working with new tech in that situation, it's like if you have that experience of a team that knows how to work well together, uh, you can get through it a little bit quicker than assembling a new studio to make an open world game. Like, whoa, that seems impossible. Yeah. Um, JKK411 wrote in with <laughs> a little game to play. And I am still trying to wrap my mind around how much I love this. So JKK wrote in and says, it's time to play a game, Coker Pepsi. I will list a series of names. You have to guess if they are A, a musical track from Gareth Coker, video game composer of games like Ori and Halo Infinite, or B, a variation of Pepsi from around the world. 
<laughs> okay. Okay, so Coke or Pepsi? Here we go. Uh, Kyle. It, yeah. Carnival. By the way, it's like Coker, like C O. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is right? truly next level brilliance. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Pepsi on this one. Correct. There's a Japanese flavor of Pepsi. Um, okay. Jeff M. That is Code Red. Man, that that sounds like it was a a Pepsi, which makes me want to say Coker. That is Coker, a track from Arc Genesis. <laughs> Don't be confused by Mountain Dew's Code Red. Uh, Janet, Ice. Hold on. <laughs> Pepsi. Correct, from Southeast Asia. Yes. Kyle, trick question, Fire. Fire? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's evil. Uh, Coker. No, you moron. That's Pepsi from Southeast Asia. <laughs> Jeff- I wonder if it might be both. <laughs> Jeffum, fire and ice. That's got to be Coker. That's Get Coker from the Ark soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Janet Ghost. Coker. Pepsi, Japanese flavor of Pepsi, which I want to taste a ghost. <laughs> I want to drink ghost Pepsi. flavored. Yeah. A ghost can flavored Pepsi. Yes. And drink them for new show plus or something. Absolutely. We can. Whatever anybody wants. Kyle. Is, che- is ghost Pepsi. Okay. <laughs> cheer. Kyle. Cheer? cheer. Pepsi. Cheer is Pepsi from Thailand. I want to try that too. Uh, okay. Deep freeze. Jeff. Um, Coker. Correct, from the Mean Greens. I don't know what that game is. Uh, and then, Janet, last one, Max Chill. <laughs> What'd you go with? Pepsi. Pepsi from Sweden and Finland. Okay. Max Chill. Nice. Right. Wow. Like, please uh, tell me he didn't name a track that because that's not a good name for a song. JKK411. What if, if he told can... you it was the most chill song he's ever composed? It was like... Aquatic Ambience, whatever the hell the name is from the Dungeon Dungeon. corrected. Also for the Ghost Pepsi from Quick Google, apparently they all were like mystery flavored. Um, Oh. And then, I don't know if this is official what what they ended up being. I think it's, I'm seeing like chocolate peanut butter pumpkin. Like, I don't know what's in here. What? I don't know. But I think they're all like, you don't know what they're going to be. They have like little ghosts on them. They look like bootlegs, to be honest. So the idea is like, if you see a ghost, you also don't know like, what person that was because it's just like a weight sheet like whoa you know i don't think that's how ghosts work oh you're supposed to isn't the thing you know who they are or that you can see them sometimes but sometimes they're just like a wisp in the woods or something right the in. last let, ghost let you saw what ben what were you seeing uh it looked like a person i guess so in that case yeah i think that fits um okay what do y'all like for question of the week i like the one uh, where jeff i'm told that story about the radio Mm. Oh, that's <laughs> guys' songs got you grooving. That's true. And this is, you know, we don't emphasize it enough. This is whatever made the show better. You know, that's that's what we're voting for here. Um, a lot of One Piece talk came from that question. The physical games, I thought was a talker. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've been steering away from games recently, but Coker Pepsi is a very good. Coker Pepsi was very very good. good game. I don't I don't want to overlook the obvious here, but Kyle, what are you thinking? Yeah. Let's go physical games. Boring, but okay. Congratulations, Brian W. You just won Untitled Goose Game from I'm 8-Bit. Uh, now it's time for something that we love to call Get a Load of This. Okay, Jeff, what do you got, man? 
Uh, get a load of this. Uh, this is a CNET article called, uh, it's entitled, How to Treat a Credit Card Like a Debit Card. Uh, it's one way to make more strategic spending decisions. Um, it's a pretty long article, and it's totally uninteresting, except for the fact that it was written by CNET Money. And CNET Money is a overarching kind of title that they are now putting on stories that have been written by an AI engine. No. Um, and it's, they've had, they, there's like dozens of articles that they've just kind of put out without any kind of, you know, major announcement or anything. But each one says it has an editor listed as the person, as the real human who actually edited it. And then there's an editor's note that says, well, actually, uh, there, there's a there's a note at the top that says this article was assisted by an AI engine and reviewed, fact checked, and edited by our editorial staff, which Oof. makes it sound like it would actually be more work for a human being um, if they're putting if it's that rigorous of a right. check. Uh, but this one also has an editor's note that says we are currently reviewing this story for accuracy, and if we find errors, we will update and issue corrections. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, they're all in on it and. That's our future for editors. Google doesn't allow uh, purely AI written content. Oh, really? So, so they, yeah, like they'll like either they don't allow it or they're like suppress it on search engines. So you need to have like a human. It needs to. Google cannot be able to detect that it's an AI. If they detect that an AI wrote it, they will like ding it. So it has to be human enough. So you have to have a human go over it to make human. Weird. Um, Hey, get a load of this, everybody. if you're a fan of the Coen brothers, like myself, you're probably also frustrated by every interview with the Coen brothers being bad and very tight-lipped and quiet. Um, but I found I found another good one, everybody. Um, did you know that the cinematographer Roger Deakins has a podcast, Kyle? No. Mm-hmm. He's had a podcast for years, apparently. It's called Team Deakins. D-E-A-K-I-N-S. Um, but they had an episode i think from like 2020 with joel cohen um and it was nice just to hear like these two collaborators actually open up and talk to each other in a more loose open format because yeah, the coen brothers are always so tight there's like there's one other interview with guillermo del toro where the coen brothers actually were casual and informational with what they were saying instead of just saying the basics basically always have the undertone of like leave us alone we don't want to do interviews so if you're looking for a good uh coen brothers interview or at least with joel cohen you can check out roger deakins's podcast called team deakins you uh, listen to that spielberg interview i did i don't know if you listen to it yet. yeah, what, yeah. What's, what's the name of that pod smartless is that yeah smartless yeah was, i started listening to it without realizing what it was and i was like oh okay <laughs> this is like the will arnett jason bateman and who's the other yeah. guy again hayes sean hayes um, yeah, I, I don't know. I was, I listened to that one in the James Cameron interview and it's fun to hear like long form Spielberg. So that's cool. But yeah, I think all their questions are kind of like some basic ass weak interview questions. Yeah, I, was annoyed yeah, by I agree. <laughs> I mean, they're uh, actors. I, did, I didn't what do you know want? though that I knew that Spielberg had left Jurassic Park like early to go start working on Schindler's list. Right. Like, that he left all the post-production up, but I didn't realize he gave it to George Lucas to do. Did yep. you know that? Yeah, yeah. To do like the final mix. I always thought it was the final audio mix. Or I guess it kind of was, but I, I, th- I thought it was like more maybe sound effect design and stuff, but it seems like he just, maybe he said it was like color grading and final audio mix, I guess, was what Lucas oversaw for Jurassic yeah. Park, which is cool. But if you want to hear like middling questions and Will Arnett <laughs> just making fun of Jason Bateman, yeah. Smartless is a podcast. I think it, I was just annoyed by like a couple of those questions. I'm so critical for 
interviewers. Of course. Yeah. But like, you know, it's like, hey, is this rumor true? Or could you tell us the story, Steven Spielberg, of what happened when you're shooting Raiders of the Lost Ark and the story of Indiana Jones shooting that guy with the sword? It's like, he's told that story 4,000 times. It's like all <laughs> over the air. Like, we understand that story and the, why that happened. But you know what? Maybe I'm too deep in the weeds. Um, Janet, you got one? Yeah, I get a lot of this. I feel like I'm like the last person on earth to know that this is a thing that exists because when I went on Steam, like I saw you already have this, Ben, but Ooh. Wallpaper Engine, which you can get on Steam or like anywhere else. Um, I didn't know this was a thing until I came across a talk of someone who had an animated like video wallpaper of Bulbasaur like running around a forest and, like Ooh. hanging out. And I was like, I want to add that to my setup. So and you can like set it either across all your monitors or like a single monitor. So on like my vertical monitor, it's just like a Bulbasaur forest all the time. And he, he sleeps a lot. He runs around. And I'm like, I'm running this thing on ultra settings for no reason <laughs> other than my own amusement. And it has it, genuinely improved my life. Wait, is that why you're why you're. Uh, Mike is like clicking them because <laughs> it, it's, like, if this is the reason, make... that would be <laughs> no. Because uh, uh, that's a uh, it's over processed audio, so it has to be something on like mm. I run my mic through like a Go XLR that runs through Nvidia that uh -huh. then comes into Discord, so it's probably just like a game thing. But, no, but, no, but I've, I've done like a bunch of content with it already. That's but. so weird. But your headset was also doing it. But uh, look, we'll figure that out uh, offline. All that stuff. I never use my headset, yeah. so um, I I don't remember getting that wallpaper thing. I wonder if it's something that like Sarah got for Cream Secret Stash or something. No, because whenever I go on Steam, I feel like you you're you have everything. Like I'll look at anything I have, and it's like Yozetti also has this, or Yozetti's playing this. It's called a press account, Janet. It's a real gift from God and Gabe yeah, Newell. Yeah, but you know, hey, but that's cool. I just have a Normie account over here. That's right. But it's fun. You, can, you don't have to have Steam to use it. You could run it through other stuff. But cool. Yeah, links below for all the stuff. Uh, Kyle, do you have one? Uh, yeah, get a load of this. I, I admit I I haven't read this article yet, oh, but I just boy. I I put it I sent what I do is I send myself slack messages with things that I want to get to or feature on get a load of this and uh, polygons uh, Nicole Carpenter uh, published this article a couple days ago uh, which is an oral history of the Legend of Zelda cartoon mm, yes, which right. is like I'm very excited to read it and I'm also mad that I didn't think to pursue that as a feature idea first because I love digging into like obscure Zelda stuff but I'm very excited to read it um, I love the idea of like hearing what it was like to work with Nintendo on that Zelda show back in an era where yeah. Nintendo didn't know what they had on their hands you know totally totally uh, excuse me but Jeff do you have one for the class from the community I do. Um, and the chat told me I should have read my AI story with my AI eyeballs turned on. Oh, um, through the NVIDIA so thing. I, yeah, I will. Yeah, I will turn that on now for the um, for the community one. Hang on. We explain what the hell you're talking about. Because do we, those only do we the, really, though, if handsome? You're at the backstage yeah. pass. Uh, you saw Jeff. I'm experiment with his NVIDIA eyeball tech. But OK, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. Now people understand. Okay. Uh, get a load of this. This one is from <laughs> Nick uh, from Fantasy Critic, uh, and it's a it's an announcement from Power Wash Simulator, um, which is the Tomb Raider special free special pack repels into P into Power Wash Simulator on all platforms <laughs> on January first, thirty first. Along this is actually hard. It's harder to do when I'm just trying to read the yeah. Tweet. You sound so basically, like an AI. yeah. Uh, basically, they. You can go and scrub Lara Croft's 
manor oh. uh in power wash simulator and all of her like that. dirty vehicles i guess okay which, uh, it, which seems it seems really cool jeff how I are mean, you the moment i saw that instantly i was like oh man what other iconic video game yep. locations would be great for power wash Ooh, simulator i love this idea i think it's so cool. is good uh, Sunshine. jeff how are you able to read that article without breaking eye contact with your camera i know it's incredible oh it? i hate uh, this turn it off it's really <laughs> gross uh if you want to see that full thing of jeff experimenting with that weird ai eyeball tech uh you can check out the backstage pass version which is available to all ten dollar supporters uh of us on patreon patreon.com two ends you get the full uncut version of this podcast each and every week you get it a day early obviously because it's as it's live you can find the archive we have a bonus question like this week we answered uh john Kalafatis's question uh in the pre-show so you can check that out help support this whole independent operation we appreciate it and it's a good time to jump in at any tier over on Patreon, even that $2 tier. We appreciate that uh, because we have a new episode of Trivia Tower happening on Monday, January 23rd. That is this Monday at 8 p.m. Central. We're going to be joined by the one, the only, Maddie Myers from Polygon and Triple Click. She's going to be our co-host. It's one of those things of like... Have- has Maddie not been a co-host on Trivia Tower yet? I don't know how I missed this, but of course. Um, so that'll be a fun episode. We have codes to give away for Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. I'd say the fourth best game from 2022. Um, we have codes for One Piece Odyssey. We have a ton of other indie game codes to give away. So come compete in game trivia. Give yourself an exciting Monday night. I think there's a lot of people who just watch Trivia Tower on YouTube and they say, well, I, I obviously don't want to compete. Look, there's a chance you'll win. Even if you don't, you will have a very exciting time and it's very easy just to literally click through. You can play in your browser in the Discord window um, and compete in video game trivia. You know a lot about video games if you're listening to this podcast, so put it to use. Compete in Trivia Tower this Monday, please. Um, Also, heads up that uh, the plan, at least, Janet, were you still hoping to stream Left Behind, the Last of Us DLC this week? Yep, it'll be my first time playing through it. I've never played it. I'm jealous. I love that DLC. It's one of those where like, I remember one half of the DLC more than the other. It's kind of like there's some Mass Effect DLC, like with, never mind. The Citadel DLC is the same thing. Like there's some really good subtle stuff, but the rest I forget about. The point is, Janet, I'm excited to watch you stream that on uh, MinMax's Twitch account. It's twitch.tv slash show, And it's Thursday at 9 p.m. Central. You're starting, is that right? 9.30 p.m. Central, um, 7.30 PT. There we go. Sweet. And it'll be up on YouTube as well when you're done with that. Um, but then also if you support us on Patreon, you can unlock the bon- uh, weekly bonus podcast we do called Party Chat. This week I ran down my personal top 10 games of 2022. We talked about designing Disneyland parks. Uh, we dove into the weeds on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's Endgame. So if you kind of want the max spoilers of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, it's in Party Chat this week, everybody. Also, the plan... At least it might fall through. But the plan is we're going to have our cozy holiday feast this Friday at 7 p.m. Central. We hit our goal on Patreon a while ago, um, like towards the middle of December and stuff. So it seems like the holidays are come and gone, but not quite because we're going to be celebrating January 20th this Friday, everybody, with the cozy holiday feast. Um, Chef Grant, chef from Min Snacks and Star of Hitman 3, he's going to be cooking us a feast. And then Sarah and Leo and I will be sitting in the Min Max studio 
eating way too much and drinking a lot of wine. So tune in live on Twitch and help celebrate everything about us hitting 3,200 supporters on Patreon. Thanks to your support. Um, and thank you to some of our biggest supporters on Patreon, people at that game champion tier. They can declare themselves a champion of any game under the sun. I'm talking about Dominic Suchoki, who we all know is the champion of Disaster, Day of Crisis. Patrick Polk is the champion of Guitaru Man. Is that how you pronounce it, Kyle? Yeah. I, I always so. pronounced it Guitaru Man. And then Dan said that was dumb. Dan Rickard always made yeah, fun of me. Guitar. Yeah, guitar. I guess that makes more sense. Anyways, yeah. Patrick's a champion of it. Joe Dean is a champion of Hotel Dusk, Room 215. Starkiller, thinking outside the box, is the champion of Pajama Sam. No need to hide when it's dark outside. So officially, don't ask anybody else. Starkiller is the champion of Pajama Sam. No need to hide when it's dark outside. And Trampoline Tales is the champion of Luck Be a Landlord, which I believe is their own game. So very diabolical, but hey, fair game. Uh, thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. Obviously, thank you to everybody for watching or listening to this episode. Kyle, Janet, Jeffum, anybody have something else they want to say? Last chance to scream anything into a microphone? Be good. Have fun. Let's go. <gasps> oh, Wait. Does that mean the episode's done, or...? Yes. Uh, it's not official until you do it. Is that right? Does anybody else want to try? Have a good day. Be fun. Go Let's. Yeah, uh, see. Okay. And Janet, can we get through your broken mic? Can you... Be good. Yeah. Have fun. Holy crap. Hang on. No, he cut out the last one. <laughs> it's not going to go. You know <laughs> what? Okay. This is the same mic I've been using for a year, so I'm tired of being chastised. All right. God forbid I have any technical issues, okay? Because if everyone else is that was freaking perfect production over here. Hey, the point is, thanks so much, everybody. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Bye.